Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your favorite podcast about films, film culture, and film criticism here in the Metro Phoenix area. Find us on cultfollowing.co. You can also download our podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Google Play. That's right. We're moving up in the world. Google Play. It's where Google happens. I'm one of your three hosts for this occasion, Victor Moreno, along with Kirby Nelson and Joshua T. Ruth. Be very, very quiet. (laughs) That's right. We are angels to some, demons to others, explorers in the deepest reaches of film nerdicism. Join us bi-monthly here on Cult Falling. In this edition of Cult Following, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some recent releases. We're going to be talking about Ready Player One. We are going to be talking about A Quiet Place, which hits theaters this Friday. We will also be talking about some other recent releases, a theatrical experience, and, you know, whatever else comes to mind. The Phoenix Film Festival is this weekend. You can always check that out. But... As let's just get started before I just keep rambling us all into incoherence. So, uh, Kirby, what have you been up to? Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, well, Victor and I, I was mentioning here, uh, we had talked a little bit about that we had been to uh, the Toy Fair uh, this Excuse past me. Saturday. Victor was vending, I was perusing and adding to the hoard. The hoard. <laughs> uh, our friends at uh, Collector's Marketplace put it on every year. Uh, usually in March and uh, at the Glendale Civic Center. Always a lot of fun. Uh, this year was actually a lot better than most, though, I will say. In terms of vendors, they kind of made it a Funko-free zone largely. Oh, really? So oh, that, my God. That, well, that, why didn't you guys tell me this ahead of time? I did see, still see some. No, Funko. no. They, they're, I think they're, they're like insidious. too fun. Have you guys yeah. seen on, like, the air that, like, they've got the Phoenix Comic Fest or whatever, and it's like they've got their pictures, and they're like, merchandise, and it's just a wall of Funko Pops? Yeah. I, like, ugh, well, like, I just want to say the few I did see were selling for like, um, there were plenty of people who were doing four for 20 and a lot of them were the, uh, like exclusives. Really? Yeah. It wasn't, and I was like looking, I was like, oh, maybe they're damaged boxes or mm-hmm. something. No, they're all pretty pristine. Think that the bubble's starting is, to burst? Oh, I mean, clearly, yeah. cause there's exclusives for everything. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, I brought some as part of, just because I end up with them because I still, even though like I'm like, Please don't get me Funko Pops. <laughs> like, like I said, dude, I actively hate them, and I still have like ten. Right? You know? Like, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, and then so I, I don't even remember. I sold like three, and I don't even remember like which ones they were. I'm like, I ended up with these. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, you get a lot of the people out of the woodwork here at this one, though, who really do have a lot of like vintage collectibles and some pretty cool stuff. I myself. Uh, secured quite a few deals i'd like to think it was a victor moreno level of bargaining although i'm sure he would have paid half of what i did but it was pretty good <laughs> i got um the uh mcfarlane akira figures akira and tetsuo did you get the bike too uh the no the bike is separate um and yeah, it was, the guy pair did not have it which i know it goes i think for you a got man. kaneda does it oh i'm sorry kaneda yeah. my part I, everybody i always uh, said akira, i know, I, know I, I did say, i always yeah, do the yeah, same, I did the same thing. thing everybody always thinks akira is kaneda. now 
even uh, though yeah and i always remember tetsuo and then i just saw ready player one and i should yeah. fucking know better by now but are you uh keeping them in their packages kind of a dude uh i am overall and I, the honest reason with the mcfarlands a lot of times i'll take them out because the packages get really yellowed yeah. and beat up with the edges um victor actually brought up a great point about that the uh, rest of the world has not adopted the japanese uh brilliance of being able to just have a wraparound plastic with the backer card being able to slip it in and yep. out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I do actually, that's one of the only things, one of the big ones I will say about Pop Funkos. They are cheap, generally, and they are easy to take and put out of the package. But, um, you know... And, and here's the thing, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, About sorry. Funko Pops, it always gets me, is how, how people go out of their way to keep them in the box... Funko Pops literally have the cheapest boxes ever. Yeah, they're all, it's one thing that's held together by one piece of tape. That's true. Yeah, I know, definitely. It's and true. it'd be super easy to just put right back. I mean, that's yeah. why I've like taken them all out of their box. I have friends who collect them, and like if the once the if the plastic falls out, they'll buy another Funko Pop and do surgery to replace the plastic from one box to the other. <sighs> oh, I'm sure there's that's probably a. Uh, most viewed youtube video it's <laughs> yeah. like funko pop hospital yeah i i mean like i said i mean i look at the groups online it's like insane how many there are but um those figures i got them both mint i think it was for like six bucks each so it was well worth it like, definitely yeah they um and then uh there's always a gentleman yeah, six but yeah you make me wish i would have gone it's like this thing always hits on a non-payday week for me like yeah. literally every single year and i'm like i just i'm not gonna i you know i I just now i'm regretting not going i didn't realize the prices were that good well, well they're doing uh if you, you go to collector's marketplace tomorrow i guess they're doing a hangover sale with really? a lot of the same vendors. oh see there you go yeah. cool all right yeah. yeah well and they have i mean their saturday morning is a lot of like funko field day but um i mean i i've i've been with the collector's marketplace when they were renting the uh out the old blockbuster on 7th ave and camelback since oh, it's right dude. down the street from me yeah that's and right they, by me yeah too, man. they used to be there they would just literally neil would just grab tables and let people um and neil and ian and uh john and all the folks who put on that and uh, uh game on expo are really good folks and um, I've always gone to a lot of those events. I mean, it's just nice to have that stuff here in Arizona. But uh, like I said, and then I picked up, there's a gentleman there. I've actually bought stuff off him at Collector's Marketplace. He sells um, vintage one sheets and press kits. I got I I like that guy. Yeah. I bought a lot of VHS from him in the last few years. He's forgotten to bring any. It really yeah. bums me out. He's really, really a, a genuinely great guy, and he always offers a deal. I got that's right. I got I got that video drone poster from him. Yeah, I got um the sender, the entity, um, uh, visiting hours, all original that's one sheets, poster. all in mint condition. Plus, I got an original the keep one sheet. And also a great a poster. very very rare i can't even find them pretty much anywhere a complete set of the keep um lobby cards nice i got all that for i think it was 20 bucks maybe dude and i felt like i was robbing they were all originally priced think of like 40 bucks each so thank you sir i appreciate it you're a wonderful man um and uh i think about something else um but just a few oh uh my buddy Ed at Sci-Fi Cards, that most people know, I think if they listen to podcasts, I'm a huge 
um, non-sport trading card enthusiast, so I own tons of stuff. And I, I really like Ed and sci-fi cards are really good. But they he um, had uh, some, there was a collectible miniatures games like Hero Clicks and stuff. There was uh, one that they tried to do kind of for kids, like a fun gross-out horror game called Creepy Freaks. And um, it was literally like it was just dead on arrival, I think, when it right. came out. And I bought an entire booster case. Each of those um, booster packs, I think it was 10 bucks each. And so I got 24 of them, and then I got a couple star sets and all the original rare promos for it, and I think Ed let me have it for like 13 bucks. It was all I had left in my pocket. Wow. So another great, uh, great dude, and I was just like... like, Can you give me some examples of what the figures were like in this uh, one? Kind of like, uh, if you ever remember, like a lot of the... Um, oh, God. It's, it's dredging up my mind from like when we were kids, but like... There was like kind of like gross out baseball and gross valley high, and gross fill high, gross yeah. fill high. Yeah, I mean, totally. yeah, I okay, actually I have, gotcha. an, I have a sealed box of those. So lots somewhere. of zits and boogers. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Like real, real like juvenile humor, but very fun. Like it was, it was a cool little game. I mean, had a lot of characters and stuff. I mean, I like the collectible miniature games. I wish I gamed as much as I used to, but for mm. thirteen bucks, I just I couldn't resist. And I didn't have to yeah. have it shipped, which is usually what kills me when I buy clearance gaming clearance anything supplies it'll be on like ebay for anything on ebay for like a dollar and then they're like it's 28 dollars in shipping yeah that's how they always get you i saw like there was like one of those auction sites or whatever and they always do estate auctions and add this one of just a bunch of movie posters and it was awesome because there's like all like 80s and 90s like original one sheets and everything and they were like two dollars three dollars uh but i was like yeah i really want to dig into this and see and it turns out that like shipping is like fifteen dollars per item handling is like eight dollars per item i was like oh this is just a scam I yeah it totally sounds it totally sounds like a scam yeah yeah it's a little far but, from um, the there. <laughs> yeah other than that um uh, let's see here I uh I've started one of my new year's resolutions quote unquote was to start watching everything i I buy like as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> so I watched recently, I think, or since the last podcast, I watched both the um, Arrow releases of Basket Case and Cat on Nine Tails. Mm-hmm. Uh, both very enjoyable. Uh, Basket Case is actually a MoMA restoration, um, and Arrow just always kills it. So I, I really enjoy the releases. Um, I wish they'd start. I mean, I know. Okay, I, I guess ring the bell and everything, but I, I really do wish they'd start doing 4K. Like that's the thing that drives me crazy because I love the Arrow releases so much and also Scream Factory. But I'm at the point now where I have a really hard time pulling the trigger on a Blu-ray unless it's like you know something I don't think is going to come to 4K or something that's like older. Yeah, I think a lot of these older movies aren't going to be restored in 4K. It's only right. going to be the stuff like prestige releases that they think they can get it for. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I just uh, what's the one that they just announced today? Um, 2001 yeah yeah but that makes Can't sense for that. that's prestige it's not just prestige but it's how the film was shot yeah i mean some of these films like a lot of frank henneloder's films i think were actually filmed in 16 millimeter yeah and blown up to 35 so i don't know how much it's gonna look better but it looks i mean extremely clean um it's you know and one of the things like arrow and a lot of these companies is like you're saying it's like you feel like oh shit i gotta keep buying these damn dvds blu-rays 4k whatever because you know, you're always trying to get the best for your buck and everything else and it's like 
the special features have to be good because I don't even yeah. watch special features the way I used to. That's become a secondary experience for me. I will watch the movie again, get my value out of that, and then I'll watch the special features. Yeah, definitely. Um, a much better value is amazingly. I had never bought because it was one of my favorite series as a kid, and it's full nostalgia. As this is going to be a nostalgia-ridden episode with our feature <laughs> presentation, uh-huh. but um, I actually got all three volumes of Ducktales for like thirteen what? bucks. Is this what? the original one or yeah. the new one? No, this was the um, I, the, I guess because they're clearing out for what? the the new one, so they're getting harder to find. But I got one at where Com- at? Like I got one at uh, Best Buy for like five dollars, and then I got the other all new, and then I got two on Amazon. I think for like four or five bucks each so it's like 15 maybe with shipping and tax um so i was i dude and like i said i watch that show again it's one of the few that really actually still stands up it's yeah. as good as i remember it was i saw did you, i saw super ducktales in a theater you see super ducktales in a theater i was not that lucky oh man that i do remember though taping um i think it was either treasure of the lost lamp Mm-hmm. Or the second one, the one with Bubba, the in the Tootsie, the the Triceratops, right? But I, I mean, I love it's just one of those ones I love. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of I don't think I mentioned. Yes, for my thoughts on Annihilation, we gave those. I did see Death Wish right before it went oh, to theaters, did you? and it's very weird. Um, you know, it's one of those ones that obviously kind of uh, various because of course it kept getting delayed going into theaters. I never even thought of it that it's very weird because I do enjoy a lot of Eli Roth films. That was an Eli Roth movie because it certainly didn't feel like it in any way. Uh-huh. It was it was almost more like a John Wick style, okay, but with a lot more humor than I expected. A lot more like like laugh track kind of moments. I mean, some things were genuinely funny, and some it just felt pretty forced. But it just is like I like barely memorable like that's the best way i could describe it to somebody it's just one of those ones like i was hopeful for it and then it's just like there's just nothing really there it's like you watch it and you're kind of going i mean first and foremost in contrasting to how brutal the original is yeah yeah i mean you know sorry no jeff goldblum rape cameo in this one um as opposed to the original but it it, it really is one of those movies that i'm like it's not just, I mean, you could remake it, but I'm like, you kind of expect it to be more brutal. And I don't mean more brutal like, oh, it's just going to be an endless thing. But I meant more like, even just in the the the, the kind of revenge violence, sure. I expected it to be way more over the top. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It became, le- like, part of it's realistic. And that part I enjoy. Like, somebody who didn't know how to use a, a gun. I mean, yeah, they're going to fuck up pretty bad. Mm. I like that part of the realism. But, um, yeah, other than that, um, you know, I, I, I'd say if you catch it secondhand, maybe it's worth watching, but, um, just a real disappointment. Um, I wasn't as disappointed in Pacific Rim Uprising as I expected on the other tip, but I just, it's not one I really thought about much. Like, I enjoyed it for its popcorn movie qualities. I liked it. But then yeah, I just, I liked it too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I just didn't, um, I think maybe because we talked about before what I'd heard from people and so many other people in my life, like, oh, it's so awful. It's like, it wasn't awful. I don't know. It was just, it was just one of those things. Like, I don't even think it was that it's not Guillermo del Toro. It's not the scope of the original or whatever. Um, cause I will admit it does look as some sci-fi original pictures. 
yeah, kind of moment. It's got a little, but I, I like the comparison you gave of, you know, robot jocks. Yeah, it yeah, does yeah. have a little bit of right. that, but even with those, I felt more just that it was, um, it I don't know. It just depends how... on what you're like. Yeah. I mean, I went in there knowing it wasn't going to be a Guillermo del No, I, and I don't movie. mean it. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say is, is that that wasn't my expectation ever. It was just not, it was one of those films. Like, I, I just had fun. I enjoyed it, but I, I can't imagine rewatching it. As much as, like, I might rewatch the first one, just mm-hmm. because... There was oh, yeah, I rewatch the first one all the time. I would probably rewatch this one. I'd probably rewatch it, but not... It would become, like, a TNT or USA thing. Right. Like if I was over and somebody was watching on TV, mm-hmm. I'd probably sit down and start watching it. But You I know just... what I compared it to? was um Independence Day Resurgence. You know, yeah, it's I like, which is a movie one. I actually liked. I mean, I didn't love it, um, but it was like, hey, now this movie is not Speaking terrible. For Adam, I think he actually was a huge fan of that, as I recall. Really? When we, uh, when he was still Interesting. Uh, regularly involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Like, I think it was like over the top sci-fi stuff and it was like kind of low budge, like in terms of, you know, obviously not a low budge, but some of the, the special effects left What's something that? Yeah, that's desired. what I mean. Like, I don't want to say low budget. It's not right. low budget. It's just those types of things where, you know, they cut corners. There's just no way it could have fit the budget they, they anticipated. I think part of it is just like the tone. I mean, the thing is they made a movie where all the fights intentionally take place during the day. Yeah. yeah. And it's much harder to make that look good than, like, shots set at night, you know? Yeah, I definitely got more, though, of, like, a Toho kind of a vibe. Yeah. That was it to say, too. It definitely has, like, a big, you know, Sentai vibe to it. I mean, I literally did think the Power Rangers were going to jump out a couple different Mm -hmm. times or... Um, Super Sentai. I honestly stuff. think that's part of what they were going for. Though. Yeah, I agree. And but I, what I really like about it is that, in my opinion, it never it never moved that needle too far into cheesiness. Yeah, you know, it definitely it 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 walked the line in a lot of cases. But I never really felt like, oh, come on, like this oh, is no. just full on. I, I didn't. I didn't feel that way at all. I mean, um, it, it was enjoyable. It just was one of those ones where I mean. Maybe, like I said, sometimes like I feel like it's not even the expectations are set too high. It's just that feeling of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like I just enjoy it. That's why I feel more and more with movies when people go, what are your favorite movies of the year? And I go, the movies that stay with me and the movies I'd want to rewatch. Because I don't feel that way with a lot of movies these days. Like, I just, I'm like, it's a one watch. And then I'll probably, it's like, if I ever watch it again, it's because my hoarding sensibilities I'm going to buy it when it's $2 on Blu-ray, like mm. at big lots. I don't care. Right. Like it's like one of those things where I'm checking out and I'm going, ah, I, I kind of still wanted that. Um, yeah. So, um, and then the only thing I'll circle back here, I mean, that's actually kind of mine cause I'm always playing catch up, um, is I actually enjoyed unseen a lot more than I expected myself to. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked it, but like, uh, you know, well, no, it's just... It's You're not alone, dude. Like, yeah. here's the thing. So this is the world I've been living in. Oh, like, no, no. I've been listening I... to all these podcasts yeah. of, like, people that I really respect. And they're like, it's good. And I was like, I... So now, now I feel like I'm the insane person. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Just to, Now that's how I feel about A Quiet Place. <laughs> okay. I, like, swear <laughs> right. everyone right. I know is like, that was so good. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, and we'll, we'll, get, well, to we'll the, get to The we'll Quiet Place it. a little bit more. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, because... I mean, I will say that... Like I did listen to you know the Little White Lies podcast, um, uh, uh, Truth and Movies. Like 
they mostly did not like Unsane. So I, I, at least I feel like I'm like not completely alone in the universe. But dude, like I don't know what the heck you guys saw. So yeah, tell me, please. Well, no, 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 it's just well, illuminate the big, me. The big thing here is number one, I'm not a Steven Soderbergh fan. I right. never have been. Um, he's just not. A, it's not that he doesn't have talent. He's immensely talented. I just don't care for his movies. I never. I mean, I watch them and sometimes I enjoy them. I get that they're all you know character studies and and whatnot and it's just oceans 11 yeah and there's well there's that too (laughs) but i feel like he it's it's one of those things i mean i do think the the aspect the the what do you call it the um shtick of the iphone footage and all that yeah and that's what we didn't uh, talk about in the last episode that we should talk about it was filmed Filmed on on iphone iPhone, which which explains the weird right the weird look to it Yeah. yeah it's a very strange look it's very um you know kind of disorienting but it was one of those things where, you know, then you kind of watch it, too, somewhere in the recess of your mind. You're like, well, man, I wonder how they did this shot. I will that say, shot. yeah, because I realized that one shot where, like, she gets drugged by the dude mm-hmm. and it's all multiple layered. Mm-hmm. They must have done multiple takes on that and then layered each file. Over Either that other. or they had two iPhones strapped to her or something, at you know, different angles. at different angles. Yeah. It was yeah. something like it was one of those. Yeah, things. yeah, it's something. It would have that, or it's a Snapchat filter I've never seen <laughs> before. But it's something. Um, but it was. It was just the main thing about it is is that you know one thing is I felt like it felt. That, I mean, there was one part of it because of the visual quality and the style. There's a part of me that felt like, oh my god, because I think a part of you goes in. You know, technology's gotten more up to date, but you almost feel like you're going into a found footage movie. And when it kind of starts reeling up, but after the blue forest kind of scene, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this could be kind of like a, um, you know, very voyeurish and very, you know, that's kind of what I anticipate when I read the plot and that kind of thing. But once she gets into the, um, into the asylum or whatever, or into the, the, I'm sorry, the wellness center, she, um, becomes, it becomes more like a, uh, kind of like a student film looking or almost a um i don't even know how to describe it kind of like a i just wasn't even sure like a lifetime movie to a point in certain spots especially in the more like down downtime scenes um you know felt or like a law and order episode i don't know how to put it it's just kind of like just felt kind of took me out and then put me back in but why i liked it i mean one i did like the performances i i do think they were enjoyable um, especially the leads, I thought were all you know. It's kind of it's kind of standard and stuff. It's kind of things, but I don't think I, my my two big things was one. I don't think stalking is talked enough about as is um like a subject in films. Mm-hmm. Like it's an uncomfortable thing, and most people want to talk about, but it happens a lot. And the obsessive nature of humanity and the people who believe the way things should be, and the way people, especially in this day and age, have gotten so like. They're so obsessed with themselves and so uh, obsessed that they're right that that's what they start like conferring onto other people. They're like, well, we were meant to be together. I know we were. Right. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. always been there, but like it is exacerbated in this age. Like I have never seen so many people who are just like, I'm right. Like about like, I'm meant to be with this person. It's uh-huh. like, wow, you really think like in the, the plethora of abilities <laughs> and options you have. Um, cause I hate that. I think that's one of the most abhorrent things is how people try to control each other or try to have fatalistic destinies with each other. Right. Um, and stalking, I mean, like I said, I actually am wondering if the actor kind of went after Robert Bardo, 
um, the the guy who killed Rebecca Schaefer. Uh-huh. Um, he famously killed her. Like he stalked her for years. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of cases. I mean, especially in Hollywood, obviously, as being a big one where there's a lot, but obviously, it happens all the time everywhere. So I think it's just one of those things that people just don't talk enough about, or if they do, it becomes like some cheesy ass movie. Um, yeah. And I felt like this was way more realistic. Um, and then the other topic I just want to touch on because I just think it's so prevalent now is just, I mean, not only I like that they talk about how the insurance companies, how the healthcare system works, because I've worked in it most of my life. And yeah, this is a big part of it. It's like a big dirty secret of how they keep people confined. Um, but also that in this day and age right now, we are being inundated with, especially with the current, um, gun control debate. And I'm not doing it as that. I think the whole thing is about the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And it's just becoming that people are like, well, I know I can diagnose people or I know people have mental health issues. And it's like a lot of people suffer with mental health issues. It doesn't make them this way or that way. There is no profile for that. Right. Like, I mean, there's behaviors that, yeah, certainly you should definitely be on the lookout for. But I feel like in this society, like not only do we have a system that either says like, well, we'll just drug people and everything will work itself out. Sure. But we also create a stigma of people that like people have mental illness are all of a sudden, you know, it's like they're all going to be this way or that, you know, if you like you have this, you know, like gain 5150, it's like, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, like, like she says, like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm at my the end of my rope and, you know, I don't think I can go on or whatever. And it's like, I think that's a pretty normal Sure, like, thing. totally. But I think that, like, in society now, we're like, well, we're going to be hyper vigilant. And then, of course, with this current, like, yeah. YouTube one, like, it's, and like I said, I'm not dragging it is. I, I, I just think the topic of mental health. I just, I, I, I agree with you on that. People don't talk about I, it. I like, just think that's kind of all the more reason why it's important to not, like, stigmatize um behavioral mental health um facilities the way that this film does and also you know to demonize medication mm-hmm. in the way that this film does because those are things that um you know i almost you know i can just tell you from watching it like i don't think anyone really did any research into well, any of that stuff I, they I'm said pretty sh- like mm-hmm. i guess the thing this film does to try to Hedge its bets with that is uh, with Jay Farrow's character, who's an investigative reporter sure. who goes in undercover. So they're there, and then you see later on when one of the orderlies is concerned, the director just kind of buries it. So right from the get go, there's a seeds plant. This place is already corrupt right, right from the right. get. It's like the Shawshank uh, prison. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, though, is it's like I just I don't know. I guess like. How many movies can we think of where it's like you have a uh, a mental health facility where it's not evil and not trying to imprison people against their will and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an a, easy shorthand. Right. I mean, we do live in the age of like Arkham Asylum, and well, most people. Yeah. Well, I think what I what I'm touching Island on more is is and, that. Know? Well, I think those are kind of you know in the cure for wellness and these kind right. of. Right. I think those are more fantastical, and this is far more realistic as to what an actual facility is like i think this is like steven soderbergh's grounded attempt at a horror movie like well, that's i guess where i'm coming from too is is that that would be my final analogy and stuff and like i said i mean you can argue that's the thing it, it's an active debate about the benefits of of how, or how the healthcare system works how medication work how it's prescribed more importantly right uh, under prescribed over prescribed um its actual benefits or detriments but I will say as a whole, like the, the stigma of mental illness right now or how we treat mental illness 
is one of the major healthcare crises in this country because you have completely like opposing sides like that that was also being stigmatized you have people going well people shouldn't we shouldn't have any kind of uh checks and balances or measures we should just let people you know and it and it, it is a difficult discussion i don't yeah. think it's easy i think it's one of those things like a lot of topics that people get very narrow minded very black and white about and i don't think it's that way at all and i think in this film is is that what the the Steven Soderbergh I think kind of guidance and it's kind of like um you know some of those films is the best horror films a lot of times are realistic situations that could, like a green room it's less sure. of a horror movie as it's a siege movie but it's oh, not yeah, it's, I would, yeah yeah it's definitely a it's, siege it's movie but I would it's possible to I, think of a it's not topic crazy like to call that. it a horror movie either. well it is a horror movie but it, it's <laughs> also because horrific things can happen and it's like stalking is a horrific thing being confined against your will in a mental facility is a horrific thing. Right. And both of those things happen way too often. So I guess that's where it hit for me. The film itself is not perfect, but it's like, it, that's you know, super it, generous in a better director. Like, and I truly am saying a better director, a dr- better equipped director for this movie. Right. This could have been one of the probably my favorite movies of the yeah. year. I am and really interested to hear that, with. that, that take on it though. Cause I mean, that my, my viewpoint on it has mm-hmm. been consistently, if this was not Steven Soderbergh, no one would be paying attention to this piece of shit. That's just my v- viewpoint. On it. It's like, I'm like, I think my, I had felt over the last few weeks, like everyone's giving this movie a pass because it's Soderbergh. And to hear you say that you're not a Soderbergh fan and you still enjoyed it. I mean, it is a different perspective. Um, yeah. I just, I, I just honestly, I'm like, if this movie came out straight to video, people would have watched it and said, it's okay. But it's like, I don't think it, it, it brings nearly as much to the table in terms of creepiness and just like kind of the same, like a micro oh, budget no. as something like creep, for example, yeah. which is True. way, way, way better, you yeah. know, and, and, and is way creepier and uses mental illness mm-hmm. and also creep too, you know, both yeah, of them. Both of them are really know? good. I um, like both of them a lot. This one. I, I think it actually went more with the realistic kind of attitude as opposed to the what sure. probably wouldn't happen. I mean, I don't know. It, it's all speculative in the end. Yeah. But it was just well, – I'm do, not here to defend You do have it. to get past like the, the fact that it does seem like her stalker just happened to be working at this. Well, yeah, and that's something I really couldn't get past because I was like, no, but wait a minute. But hold on. Like, well, yeah, those so are all he the... suddenly gets a job there. Like, well, no, the whole point was that I think just the... well, like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, he he took just... somebody's place, but yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, it, well, it, well, that's the whole thing. It's right, supposed right. to be. Oh, this that's and that. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. the body's oh, yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. So he Spoiler. was just stalking her and found a way and got right. Her but yeah. he got somebody that literally just got hired, yeah. so that nobody knows who he is. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like the 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 timing for that stuff to line up. Um, sure, sure. But it is a good pairing with Pacific Rim because that's the thing that has just been driving me crazy. Is I'm like. Why is Pacific Rim at a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and Unsane is at an 80%? Well, and that's, I mean, that's a discussion constantly. It's like, um, you know, it's what the hell was the one last year? Like, Get Out is the best horror movie according to Metacritic. It's like, that's a load of horse shit. Is it a great movie? Yeah. But it's like, it's, um, what was the one they just launched today? 300 best video games to date. <laughs> and it's like, one of them was released like a month ago. It's like, oh, that's th- come on, man. You gotta right. have right. some brevity and in and levity to the situation it's just i i can't i can't deal with that personally yeah i i know world moves fast time moves fast like we have to take in things consideration and i love that movie but i feel like the whole um uh rotten tomatoes metacritic thing has just hit a point where it's becoming so integral and it's so overreaching like with uh slapping the rotten tomato sticker it's like it's not going to be a hundred percent forever 
yeah like, of course or, it, ne- or it, it never be. lasts nothing it, nothing yeah. ever lasts that long um but you know i don't know for me i you know because i also understand and we also all in, in this room understand how rotten tomatoes works and it's sure. like you know it's yeah. an aggregate and yeah. it's like you know if you're gonna tell me like you know a hundred percent or 99 percent of people said thumbs up to get out sure. like i'm like totally fine exactly. because it's a very well-made film um you know but it just again it surprises me that 80 percent of people gave a thumbs up to unsane you know and then and then like 60 percent of people gave a thumbs down to uh pacific rim when it's like i just think that especially in the case of pacific rim people aren't judging that film on its own merits like they're just looking at it you know saying oh this is just another you know they're comparing it to like transformers and i think that it brings so much more to the table than something like transformers does um, i don't know you're you know, the only one who braved the last night so yeah well hey, i guess you're willing, yeah, you're, right? you're you're able to speak but on you know it. i just think that like i i really you know to go back to pacific rim for just a second i really like what it did like i like how it um it changed up the formula i mean what they did with the villain um you know what they did with like the the whole like you know just like uh destructicons kind of like you know multi kaijus forming into one kaiju kind of thing oh, the mega kaiju. um yeah that's actually like, what it's called it's yeah like really kaiju. see i i thought that was like that stuff was cool <laughs> yeah. you know this movie could have just uh, rested on laurels for the first one i will it, say you know. that was kind of um it was weird because i was like those those individual kaijus i thought didn't look impressive it's true and right. i'm like something's gotta happen and i'm like right. oh together they look cool. totally totally yeah and i like the like the 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 kaiju um and uh jaeger hybrids yeah you know i think like all of that stuff was like dude, dude this I is thought, awesome um, you know the kaiju jaeger hybrids you mm-hmm. know they looked like the bad guys from halo Oh yeah. I was totally. actually gonna say totally. it's funny that one of the things I was hopeful Covenant. for even, though, it, yeah, yeah. even though it wasn't a Gamo del Toro movie, I actually kinda went in hoping it was gonna be like Blade Two. Mm-hmm. And there were parts that actually was like Blade Two, because they're kind of the Reaver uh kind of thing. Like there's yeah. a little bit of that in there. I, I kind and then there's like the insidious um, you know, turn and stuff like you know, you set up the whole red herring of Shao and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. You know, I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was good. I mean, there's part, like I said, it's just an enjoyable movie. It is. It's, it's just, also one of those movies that you can clearly tell is meant for not an American audience. Right. Oh, that's like, true. oh I totally watch- got what you were talking about, by the way. Like, yeah, China. Like, they were playing to the Chinese audience on that one. Yeah. I, I know that, like, it's becoming more and more prevalent. Like, oh, look, there's scenes with like, Chinese actors that disappeared American versions, <laughs> like Iron Man 3. But right. this is like, a good chunk of this movie's in Mandarin. Yeah. yeah. Even the pacing was like, this is more like an Asian movie. I wish I got to say I like yeah. it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love the fact that China's supporting those kind of movies. I mean, we would never get a Pacific Rim 2 if not for China. Well, is um, it not that we just said that Warcraft is the number one yeah, video game right. movie of all time? It's like, thanks to China. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, well, no, but it is. It is genre films. Uh, the Chinese, like, and, you know, it... it it's one of those things where, yeah. That's a, I was too hard on Warcraft after seeing Mute. Like, I think Warcraft is like Citizen Kane. <laughs> we'll make a shirt for yeah. that with, uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Right? Right. Yeah. So is that all, that's all the stuff you watch? Yeah, sorry. I can't think. I mean, I really wanted to round back. I'm sure there was more because I always forget stuff till the end. But, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I've got a whole nother stack of stuff. So next time I'll, yeah. I'll catch up. I actually will catch up. I like your rule about up. like trying to like your, 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 uh, your New Year's resolution. Like I'm actually usually really good about that. Yeah. Um, I will, I, I mean, I watch almost everything I get like immediately because like it'll just drive me crazy if I don't watch it and I'll like watch it and I'll watch all of its special features and I'll just put it on yeah. the shelf. See, I need to start doing that because Mill Creek is sending me some excellent random garbage now. Oh I yeah. Ask for. So I got this from Mill Creek yesterday. <laughs> Mother may I sleep with danger double feature. <laughs> the original true crime true crime classic from 1996. Oh wow, classic. Starring Tori Spelling. Was that a Mary horror, Higgins Clark? With the horror reimagining with James Franco. Oh wow. So it's a split screen of mod of 96 Tori Spelling and Modern on the front. But on the back, it's James Franco in a pool of blood. There's, I kind oh, of think I that mean, that I, should be the main cover. First of all, this is an amazing cover. Like I just want to like I just want to let the glory of this wash over me is that like you've got like literally this split screen of two Tory spellings yeah. on the cover, but in the back this like just creeping out of the blood is you've got James Franco just like <laughs> like hi Tory spelling. Um, if there's if there's if there's any way let's make our dream come true. Like, Tory spelling. I, I I know that like our our main thrust is uh, Ready Player One, but I kind of want that to be like the picture for our podcast. I might have to do it's it. So good, dude. Also, there's a uh, quote from the venerable Hollywood Reporter: "The James Franco produced Lifetime movie." Puts a vampire lesbian twist on a trashy Tory spelling favorite. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just like it because he just looks like the, uh, it's just the classic James Franco, like, yeah, he's not totally as squinty doing, eyes like, as you're hoping, but like, it's pretty much. They there. hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, basically. <laughs> What's the other one you got there? The other one I got is a, like, uh, UK like Sherlock Holmes movie, and it even has a slip cover. It has too. a slip Milk cover. Milk Milk wow. Creek. Let a slip cover. But I love the quote on the back. Elementary, my dear. <laughs> um, the art is really cool, but you know this is probably a garbage movie, right? That's right. a classic uh, British style. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been going down a rabbit hole of slips lately. Because like it's driving me crazy, all the ones I, all the movies I have that don't have slipcovers. Yeah, because um, if you don't buy them right when they come out, then you know the reissues yeah. later don't. Happen. Oh yeah, they're impossible to get. Like, and I mean, they didn't always do slipcovers, and a lot of like the older. They also movies, didn't used to. Like, I remember arguing Shout Factory forever back in the day, like six years ago, five six years ago, mm-hmm. they would not send you another slipcover. Like it really? would come. Well, they also. I can't believe to this day that more of them don't um plastic wrap. It's like what does it cost? Yeah. A quarter of a cent to to plastic wrap every single one. It's like I go cuz I won't buy them if the slip cover's trashed. I yeah. I don't. But it's just crazy how much that affects the value. Like uh, oh, last yeah. year what when we were at um Monster Son of Monster Palooza, right? Like yeah. we got that Nightbreed Cabal Cut Blu-ray. Yep. Yeah, so like Without the, it was like 50 bucks, right? Yep. So without the slipcover, you know, I think I'm looking at eBay right now because this is a point I wanted to bring up, right? Um, it's a hundred bucks sold with the slipcover. 
it goes for like three hundred. Right. Yeah, it's because the yeah the slip cover was limited to only like a certain amount even in that small section yeah yeah so like i found this website and then, like just the slip cover uh-huh. is selling for 120 bucks Jeez. yeah i mean in that case it's like more of a rare thing like you mentioned Kirby. sure sure um but you know i found that there's i found this website that sells slips on their own um mm-hmm. now you know and they, a lot of them are not that bad um what's but, it called uh, Plug them. Let's get some sponsorship. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. Uh, no, I don't want anybody else to know because they're going to buy all the good slips. Oh, okay, so um, you can tell us in private. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you in private. We'll tell you off air. Cold falling um, after dark. But uh, <laughs> but so so I so most new things right are going to have a slip cover. I mean, pretty much like every new release will have a slip. Um, and so I, uh, so, you know, in terms of kind of catching up on what I've seen, um, I went and I saw call me by your name, um, which I've been really wanting to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, definitely, I know you were interested in it, Victor, because Luca Guadagnini is doing the Suspiria remake. And I know you saw it. You said I would enjoy it. Um, and then I had other friends of mine who saw it and just were like over the moon about it. Like a lot of the girlfriends that I have and they, they, you know, they, they know that I, I love a certain type of movie. I mean, mm-hmm. like a, like a Sophia Coppola kind of a thing. Yeah, which this is very much. Very like much. That. Um, and so I, uh, I went to go see it in my last possible opportunity to see it on the big screen. And I, I, yeah, I just absolutely thought it was a beautiful film. I was very, very affected by it. I think it was like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's two men, but like ultimately I just still it think it's really like, matter. it doesn't like, I kind of feel it's like the film isn't ever trying to politicize, politicize that at all. Like, I just think that, well, I mean, it's just like, you know, like San Junipero, right. it doesn't really matter that it's two girls, but even in San Junipero, like there's like the whole thing about the fact that like she had, um, suppressed that part of herself because mm-hmm. she had like this family that wasn't yeah. supportive and in this case it was like he did have a supportive family mm-hmm. so that wasn't even that was not politicized yeah. but I just feel that like it's a movie that's so like romantic and just a beautiful love story that it like transcends yeah. that in this way so I, I mean I really love the movie so I wanted to pick it up on Blu-ray um, and I go and I look at Best Buy and literally like no copies have slipcovers at all and um, then I go to Target no copies have slipcovers Walmart none have slipcovers and I, I even look on amazon and amazon's usually really good like the picture has no slipcover and i'm like well i guess this thing just doesn't have a slip yeah. you know like um and i even so i go back to best buy and i have one of like the blue shirts walk up to me and you know like captain khakis and he's like hey you know like uh can i help you with anything i was like well can you tell me whether call me by your name has a slip cover or not and of course he gets this puzzled look and he's like oh you're one of those people um <laughs> and uh you know but but so I eventually I end up buying it because I'm like, well, I guess it just doesn't have a slipcover, which is annoying, but it is what it is. Then I go into Zia and they've got a whole stack of them all with slipcovers. Like Zia is the, the only mm-hmm. place. So You're I I'm gonna pay like ten dollars more though. No, nah, well, it's true. Uh, yeah. I I negotiated and managed to get a slipcover. Um, so I oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so I ma- managed to get one. So I've got a slip Thanks, for my Call Me yeah. by Your Name. But yeah, I, I I really really loved Call Me by Your Name. Um. Yeah, just thought it was a, a tremendous film. Um, I love know. the closing shot of that movie. I wish that song that plays during the credits was the one that was would have been nominated for an Oscar. Right. Yeah. I thought that was so much better. Like that's a cool. Agreed. I don't know. Did you did you see it, Kirby? No, I've actually really really wanted to though. It's just one of those ones that um, 
uh, the the theatrical run was so small, even right. after the Oscar buzz yeah. thing, so, that it was hard to so catch like it. It, it's like um the, the last shot of the movie is the main kid whose name I don't remember right sure. now um looking into a fireplace and like kind of like crying, but, but it's like so, having like a million emotions yeah, going yeah, yeah. through his face. At the and same it's time. like yeah. it's not a still shot. It's like one long shot that happens through the whole credits. Yeah, it's, it's like great. at least it's a great like piece of acting. three or four minutes long. It's like a, I was like, damn, that's a really good shot. And I, that kid, um, Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, he's mm-hmm. a really good actor. He's actually, yeah, I liked him in Lady Bird too. I think he did like an incredible, um, I, cause, cause seeing him in other films, I can tell that this was a, um, he was actually acting, mm-hmm. but, um, him playing a, um, uh, a young Casey Affleck. Like, you know, cause he played it in, uh, in Interstellar. Like he was, uh, Casey Affleck, um, when he was a little boy. Oh shit. Yeah. And so he's the little boy from Interstellar. And I was like, holy shit, he does such a good Casey Affleck. Yeah. That I was like, I felt like I was watching a young Casey Affleck. And I was like, well, this guy's just like this. And I saw him in other movies. Like, oh no, that's, he's actually not like that. He yeah. was acting. Um, so yeah, a super good actor. He's, he was also in Lady Bird. Um, and I actually, kind of didn't like him in ladybird because he's like really kind of aloof and dickish and but he's you know. like playing that part but exactly yeah. i just realized that versus you know, like right. sure show ron like uh ronin which is like when i was watching um isle of dogs uh-huh. which i'll talk about too. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, so, I also saw that like yeah. uh greta gerwig's character is totally the exact same kind of character sure show ronin plays in right. um, <laughs> the the oh, that hotel movie uh the the grand budapest yeah hotel? the grand yeah, budapest yeah. hotel and like i got it's like got to almost the end of the movie i'm like is that shersha ronan's voice i mean and it's like no it's greta gerwig right like, yeah she's pl- like this it's almost indistinct yeah the, I don't the venn diagrams are overlapping yeah, like, high, i highly. just don't think shersha ronan is a great actress but that's me yeah i don't know i mean yeah there's something kind of artificial about her i've yeah. never really been a huge fan of her to be honest with you except for when she's in wes anderson films um you know i mean she was definitely even though she was the the main role in ladybird she was definitely one of my least favorite yeah. parts about ladybird um you know i think that yeah everyone else was better than her frankly i certainly don't think i'm glad she did not win an oscar for Lady yeah. Bird, that's for sure um but uh but yeah so uh call me by your name really love that um and then i also um i picked up on blu-ray uh season one of legion um mm-hmm. in anticipation for the fact that uh season two just premiered this week and um i brought it up before on the show it's a good show um, i i love the show i mean to me it's like if it, you know if it was a movie it would have been in my top 5 um i absolutely adore legion i think it's it's tremendous tremendous television um you know it's it's on the level you know i would say the other show that i i would say i put it on the same level of in terms of my adoration for it would be the handmaid's tale um i think those two shows were the best pieces of television that come out last year um and it's awesome because handmaid's tale uh premieres season two uh this month as well nice. um, so it's really awesome this is a big month because westworld series two is also 
Oh, you're totally yeah. right, dude. That's awesome. I'm so stoked for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I just binge watched all of Legion. And one thing I was really happy about with Legion as well is that the DVD or sorry, the Blu-ray, it actually had special features. Um, I really thought you were going to say it actually had a slip cover. It does have a slip cover. That's, that's where you're going. Yeah, it does that. have a slip cover. Um, and it is like, it's not like a box. It's an actual just regular Blu-ray with a slip. Um, and it's a super awesome slip as well. Cause it's like, it's a lenticular of like the cover of like, you know, his head exploding or whatever. Um, super, super rad. Definitely one of my favorites. And what I love is that the, um, the Blu-ray also comes with a, uh, the, a little mini book of the world's angriest boy in the world. Yeah. Um, which if you're familiar yeah. with the show, you know what that is. Um, so yeah, it's got the whole book of the world's angriest boy in the world in there too, uh, which I think is awesome. But yeah, so I just binge watched that entire thing and I, first of all, it looks fantastic. I mean, that's why I still like buying, um, physical, uh, releases of series that I could stream for free, you know, like Stranger Things, for example. I still like buying that physical edition because yeah. it looks so much better. And when I streamed that, I streamed it on FX now and it's just like you know it, that's not even the best um you know kind of bit rate that you can stream that yeah at anyway. which is funny like i i like i have fx now but like all the fx shows are also now on hulu so, right right so it's almost like FX yeah at now. the time it wasn't yeah. when i watched it yeah. so um you know but uh yeah so and it was funny because like so i was rewatching legion and i realized i never watched the last episode of the first season and i i like loved the show but for some reason like i thought I, I guess i thought it was over and that show is so bizarre that it's kind of hard to tell which way is up yeah <laughs> you i think know? if i remember right um the shadow King possesses Jermaine. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um so uh so yeah, so I like I totally forgot Jermaine was on that <laughs> he's show. So good in it yeah. too. He's so awesome. Yeah, he has a he has a, a terrific uh dance off with Dan Stevens in the uh the first episode of season 2. Oh nice. Yeah, it's like a really great like I it in and I actually think that it's and and I might be wrong on this, but I think it's literally the same choreography step by step as step up. Oh. Like, I think that they actually recreate Step Up in, like, a, you know, like, psychedelic nightclub in the mind, um, which is pretty incredible, uh, if that's the way they go. But I gotta say, um, you know, so I re, I rewatched all of season one. Absolutely love it. One, again, I have to say, I, what I love is that they had special features, because that's something that a lot of these shows that are streaming that come out with physical, they don't have special features on them at all. Um, that was, that's the case with like all the Netflix shows. Um, but this one totally had special features and really good ones too. Deleted scenes. Um, so I was super happy about that. Uh, but then I watched, uh, the season premiere season two and boy, if you thought season one was weird, like it just, it just ups the ante in every single conceivable way. Like it does a huge time jump and there's missing time in it. Um, and, uh, and it's like you're trying to piece together what happened in that missing time. And it's like this whole bizarre futuristic world where there's like this creature that is split amongst multiple people that wears a basket on its head and then there's robot ladies with mustaches that speak in a unified voice and um, it's I'll like watch this later. full on Twin yeah, Peaks I was actually weird. looking it up on Amazon right now yeah it's like full on Twin Peaks Bazaar at this point like um and I'm all about it because I just trust Noah Hawley like I think in anyone else's hands I'd be really concerned with how weird this season 2 premiere was because mm-hmm. again season 1 very very bizarre but 
but um season two ups that so much um but yeah i just again i had to talk about it. i love legion so much it's i absolutely adore that uh show tremendously and super stoked for the new season um and then uh also and we can talk about uh, uh isle of dogs so i watched isle of dogs yeah um i have oh, a review up on cult following yeah awesome i haven't read it yet um oh i do actually quickly want to mention before we talk about isle of dogs just a really cool thing i went to portland right after we recorded last time and um went to this really awesome old school movie theater which portland has a ton of by yeah the way. i heard about that yeah so like portland has you know they're another place kind of like chicago where they're really neighborhood oriented and so every neighborhood has its own name and every neighborhood's got its own neighborhood bars and its own neighborhood restaurants and you know they 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 do that i guess to kind of make it a very you know walkable and bikeable city um and so, uh, and so what they do with that is like, you've got so many movie theaters cause like every neighborhood has its own movie theater, Yeah. but there are a lot of times just one screen movie theaters, mm-hmm. um, and they're really small. And so the neighborhood where Airbnb was had this great movie theater that was built in 1948. Um, and you could go in there and you could get beer and pizza. And, um, they had like, I think five screens at this one. The theaters were all very, very small. You know, like you've been to like, you know, film bar. It's like that size auditorium, every single one. Um, but, uh, they were showing Flash Gordon. Nice. And so I went to go see Flash Gordon, which was super fun. Um, uh, I went with Alex and she had never seen Flash Gordon. And so we went and had Lebanese food and got, um, you know, kind of inebriated and then mm-hmm. went to go see Flash Gordon, which is a tremendous way to watch Flash Gordon. Uh, so I just wanted to give a little shout out for that place. Um, that was called the Academy Theater in Portland. Uh, so that nice. place was rad. Um, but yeah, so Isle of Dogs. So I, yeah, I didn't read your review. What'd you think of it? Uh, I liked it. Um, I like, it's weird because I've heard some people have like that I've talked to have like issues. It's just like a kid's movie basically. Mm. And and to me, I just like, I thought it was like really whimsical. I, to me, I'm all, I, I very much like how his style of filmmaking translates so readily to animation. And I like that it wasn't just one kind of animation. Like, so the news reports are hand drawn animation. Right. And well, and anything... I, I've never seen it. For me, I haven't seen it uh-huh. yet. I really want to because the only movie I like that he ever did is Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's funny. Yeah. I think you'd really like this thing. Yeah, because I don't. I don't like his movies regularly. I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. But the uh, I love that whimsical, like you said, style. Yeah. It just is so. It's very old. Like it's got that vintage kind of feel. Like you'd imagine. Um, yeah, like yeah, it's like Rankin Bass. Win, win, yeah. Rankin Bass, yeah, yeah, Willowood, yeah. uh, Wind in the, uh, or Watership Down. Oh, like yeah. animation, but I like those style, of course, of the marionettes. Right. Yeah. But I love, um, I just like that style. Just nobody does that anymore. What it's, I think is cool is that it's it like, ha- it has a very like Miyazaki vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the fact that this is also stop motion, but it yeah. feels nothing like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, you know, it's like a totally different, film style and in an interesting way fantastic and this might be why you like kirby why you like fantastic mr fox doesn't feel as much like a wes anderson film in the filmmaking portion of it you know it certainly does in terms of the characters and the style i mean that's that's all very wes anderson but in terms of like 
everything like kind of shot very much like symmetrically and like, you know, just very deliberate camera movements. I think this film is much more like a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. So I, it also plays with a lot of the same themes as Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Like, you know, detached family, bad dads. sibling rivalries. Yeah. Totally bad dads. Yeah. Or bad mm-hmm. uncles. Yeah. 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 I guess that's why I just, father hate, figures. I, I, I just yeah. don't like his movies. Cause I just think they're, the the characters are boring like they said that's the thing it it works better as a child as a children's movie yeah yeah because those are themes like in good children's books like you know like oh the hero is like trying to get away from bad parents Mm -hmm. and like by making it a child's movie you you don't you lose that criticism that like a lot of the characters in in wes anderson movies are man children yeah i don't necessarily agree with that but i do think it's very true in like the darjeeling limited well certainly but i do think that darjeeling limited is commenting on that fact as well as i think most of them are um and and the thing is about wes anderson i mean i i love wes anderson but he's somebody who i'm like i totally get why people hate him you know like i totally get it i think it all you know started with me was you know rushmore and everyone going this is the best movie it's like these are a lot of people I really like their taste in movies, so I think I'm going to love this. And I watch it, I'm like, this is one of the worst movies oh, I think no, I've Rushmore's ever seen. so good, I think Kirby. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was just terrible. It's I like Rushmore, but I also think it's one of those movies that doesn't age well. Oh, I disagree. I honestly, I think that Rushmore is like peak Wes Anderson because, because I still love Wes Anderson, but what I love about Rushmore is that it's Wes Anderson before he got so far up his own ass that mm-hmm. he just started to kind of like, you know, imitate himself in a lot I of ways. I think it's one of the movie, it, it's like the big step, like in between Bottle Rocket yeah, and right. Royal Tan. I'm actually sure. sorry. I actually saw Bottle Rocket when it was originally released and I actually didn't love it but didn't hate it Mm -hmm. it was like this could be interesting what this director does and then i think maybe that's why i also was somebody goes oh it's the guy who did ball rocket and i was like oh i kind of like that But then the other thing a lot of people disregard is like um the like the you know the first three like wes anderson movies like bottle rocket rushmore and the royal tannenbaums Uh it's not just wes anderson all those movies are co-written by owen wilson it's true after you know after that point they kind of become their own wes anderson thing yeah yeah you're absolutely right um you know and and a lot of people love that thing um whatever it is but there is there you're right there is a kind of a rawness um to those and the same um you know sensibility with those first three films and i think that that is why i do love rushmore so much because you're right it is that step and i just think that and and royal tenenbaums used to be one of my favorite films of all time but i think upon rewatching that film uh, i think that it does not age as well i kind of feel that same way that you're saying about rushmore i i think rushmore ages perfectly fine whereas royal tenenbaums hasn't aged as well in my opinion but again it's it's just like there's a there's a, a little too much quirkiness in it to me, I think what I like about the Royal Tannenbaums is it's one of those movies where all the supporting characters really get their moment in the sun. You know, like every guy, every character has an arc, and I think that becomes less and less over time. Right. Like Life Aquatic I, is still like that too, but I mean, even in this movie, there's a lot of characters that are like kind of one note in a yeah. way well there's also like entire characters that just like disappear from the film yeah you know the supporting you know dogs yeah. you know at one point are just like 
well, they're not important to the story anymore, I guess, because they're just gone. Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I guess, like, definitely the style and the animation of Isle of Dogs I, really won me over. Um, I was very I, happy I with thought it. Brian Cranston was, like, super good in this. I, like, yeah. really hope he ends up being in more Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, I agree. Because in a lot of ways, I feel like he grounded this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, he kind of works because it's not the usual. I like Liv, uh, Liv Schreiber, too, in it. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. to look up who yeah. that was later because yeah. I couldn't figure out who he was. Yeah, he plays a Spots Kobayashi. Yeah. Well, there's also some people who are just, they find that they're gifted in voice work yeah. when you wouldn't expect them, and maybe they Brian didn't Cranston think they were good. Brian is a really good voice actor. Um, He did uh, Batman Year One. He's the voice of, like, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And that's a really, that's one of the best DC animated films. Like, You know, Cranston's really interesting because um he's somebody who, you know, I mean... And he started off doing voice work for commercials. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's no surprise to anybody. I mean, you know, Breaking Bad is one of my, you know, top three favorite shows of all time. I absolutely love Breaking Bad. Um, and he's amazing in it, but he's somebody who, as he pops up in other films, I find that I just don't like him that much. And it's so weird. And I don't know if that's because, like, I, I love him so much as Heisenberg, you know, that it's like I can't see him in other films. Um, but I, I was never really a big fan of him in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I, see, I just, that's one of the things that, like, in The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. I like his I was cameo just about to when say he that. shows that up playing himself circa right. Malcolm. Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But trying I will... to be like super as upbeat and friendly as he probably was expected to be for his yeah. persona publicly. I like, I do like that I'm seeing that happen more. Like actors doing cameos as themselves from other. Like I was watching Legends of Tomorrow, which is a really bad CW superhero show, and John Noble is doing the voice of the main villain, right? And, so it's it goes on where like one of the characters is watching Lord of the Rings and they realize, wow, he sounds just like you know the guy we're fighting maybe we can record him doing some dialogue to trick this other character (laughs) so they should go they travel back in time to when he's shooting lord of the rings and have him do lines with one of the characters so they have a script to use to trick another character but he's wearing like the long-haired wig and everything that's right yeah it's really funny he's like what you telling me uh peter wrote these lines Somebody I actually was talking about recently, it was one of the things I forgot to mention our Black Panther, uh-huh. is how much I love Andy Serkis yeah. in non-voice roles. Yeah. Like, he He's is one of really, the best things about is, Black Panther. Yeah, he is, but I mean, he is really one of those dudes. The more and more films he does where he's just doing him, yeah. it's like, wow, he is absolutely incredible. He is so intense. Like I like him as a, just himself. He's yeah, really good I mean. in The Prestige. Yeah. yeah I like him when he's also, too. you know, he's so vastly different. I mean, he's, I gotta say, I, well, I mean, we obviously love him in CGI roles as yeah, well. True, true. I mean, he's incredible but as that's Caesar. What I'm that he's but coming out as Tintin, he's so good in Tintin. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just like another thing that's completely vastly different from everything else he's done. Um, but yeah, no, but, but with all that said, I really like Brian Cranston in Isle of yeah. Dogs. Like, I think that that was like mm-hmm. the most I've liked Brian Cranston since Breaking Bad. Um, but yeah, I really love the movie. It's, um, I just, I, I love the look of it. I love the style of it. How it just had that like 1960s Japan feel to it. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely something I just really liked. And, and again, I like that, that, that he went for something a little different. Um, and then the other thing, um, which I think we can talk about before we get to our main event is, uh, and, and whatever else you've seen there is, um, cause we both, Victor and I saw, uh, a quiet place. 
which is coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today. It's or already, today. Yeah, today. Yeah, that's right. Today. Yeah. So, uh. Um, you'll hear about it tomorrow, folks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the movie theater that I went to was not a quiet place. Yeah. But um, bump. That's unfortunate. Yeah. No, it sucks. So, I mean, the, the big thing that, um, everyone should know about this film is it's, it's like literally the most quiet movie i've ever seen in my life like um i've never seen a movie that has more moments of just silence ever probably i mean it's it's even more than like a 2001 you know like it's just got these long long moments of just kind of quiet and the reason for that is because then you'll suddenly get hit with like this really loud you know jump scare kind of um but it's like so quiet that you know you would even hear people eating popcorn in the theater and i had the unfortunate experience of sitting next to some people that were talking through most of the movie and so did have that uh experience affected for me um but uh in terms of the film itself um uh, you know i i liked it i i was expecting this to be one of my you know top films of the year um and you know i actually had kind of a similar reaction to it in terms of well you know almost something like it comes at night where it's like i was super anticipating this movie i was like oh my god this movie's gonna like be on my list Mm -hmm. and then like i just it it didn't resonate with me the way i thought that it would um but um with this one that's actually what as it comes at night mm -hmm. was actually my top film is the reason i picked it is because it didn't resonate yeah. with me the way i expected or yeah. even wanted it to it was just on a much deeper level that the more i thought about it and the more i was like you know this is just next level genius. i agree but, I, it, but I, it was because I'm with you. i didn't no no and i actually am real excited about quiet place i have not seen it yet um i'm still trying to now pick the perfect time after hearing you and victor's <laughs> yeah. review yeah. to go see it because I, I probably would like to see in the theater with that high quality surround because yeah. I know how immersive it's going to be. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was I actually going to say until I the s- music kicked in when Victor and I went to the press screen for a ghost story, I was like, oh, my God, if this goes on like this <laughs> uh, without music or anything, I don't know if I can do I this. I saw this at the Cine Capri at Scottsdale 101 on Monday. And... um I don't know if the bigger thing picture really added much to it. Like I mean, this, I could see. Sound I really thought the sound, sound design in this more. would have been a lot better. I was kind of right. disappointed that it wasn't. Like maybe, like if I had seen it in a place, no, because that they did have Dolby Atmos. I you know, like, like it could have done a much better. Maybe it's because Krasinski is a first time director. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I felt like sound would have like a bigger thing going on in this movie. I thought I don't, the sound design was really well done. Um, I, I guess I can't, I can't really talk about it too much without spoiling a plot. Sure, element. sure, yeah, sure. like yeah, I yeah. Really, this one I'd like yeah. to keep. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I guess the, the the biggest thing I would say just in terms of criticism of um, there were way too many times when I just I was taken out of the film, not just from the people that were talking next to me, but I was taken out of the film by thinking like, well, I would have done this. Yeah. Th- this know? is very much a, uh, one of those movies where like, there's some things the characters prepare for very much. Right. And it makes the things they don't prepare for seem that much more stupid. Yeah. Agreed. And that really bothered me. And I talked to some people and they had no issue with it. Right. And this is one of those things where like, I've talked to friends of mine who like, Usually on the same way, like, I love this movie. This movie's amazing. And I'm like, I, I think the concept is really cool. 
like the concept of this movie is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a really cool short. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about the creature design either because it seems really derivative of something. Sure. And I think once you'll see the movie, you'll be like, that totally looks like a blank. Yeah. And, uh, that's I, funny. I wonder if we're thinking of the same thing. Yeah, we're, we totally are. <laughs> yeah, probably. We, yeah. And um, I will say, I do like the, like, it, right, here's a good way to saying it. It had a very, like, cool, like, a like a vibe, like, signs, the M. Night Shyamalan yeah, movie throughout. Yeah. I actually thought of The Village the first no, time. Dude, I, no, dude. No, 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 when I saw yeah. the original, like, teaser, the shorter yeah. trailer, was I was like, man, this has a real, like, village vibe. Like of the 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 secrecy yeah. and silent yeah. kind of thing, like yeah, no, dude, it's it's totally signs. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. signs ish. Yeah, yeah, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, co- signs. I mean, if you think about think about like the first time you watch signs, Are the fucking creatures killed like, by water. No, <laughs> no, that's no, a spoiler. No. You might as well just no, tell no, me now. It's not okay. No, I just no, want to make sure that. here. Nothing could be that fucking stupid again. It's also not too far off. But, uh, yeah. but but you know, like um, although I, mean, I really did rewatch later in the water recently for the first time in fourteen years yeah. since it came out. Did it make you want to work out only one half of your body? Fuck yeah, it did. <laughs> I, without time. spoiling it too much, the way that you the you, the aliens are taken out is the way aliens in a different movie are taken out. Right. Okay. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, but I again, like, there were just you know, and this is because I mean, it's very much in the trailer that she's pregnant. You know, and that's yeah. um, and that's one thing that um, you know, I saw with Austin, and he's yeah. like, he's like. Dude, why would you bring a baby into this world? Like, I, you know, I, right, not just not I'll just for the I... fact that it's horrible, but that's a sound oh, emanating oh, yeah. device. No, no, you no. know, uh, this is one thing because I don't think it really takes away from it because the setup for me is in the fucking trailer. My wife's nine months pregnant. I'm going to go fishing today. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess they don't have doctors to know exactly what due dates are necessarily. But, like, I mean, I still. She's heavily pregnant. Yeah. There's just, again, there's too many things like that. Um, There's too many. Yeah, I saw the scene in the bathtub. They just kept building more and more and more in the, uh, in the, uh, trailers every time i'm like wow okay are you just gonna keep it's because now it's just becoming like it's not even like the big set pieces no i know but you know when we do when we do real review i'll get into my my thoughts on on the set pieces in this movie but like i will say like i liked the concept i think emily blunt is really good in this movie Mm -hmm. and it to me it like underscored how not great john kaczynski is in this movie he did have a lot of opportunity to do silent gym looks, though. Yeah, he did do a lot of silent <laughs> gym looks. But it's like when like Emily Blunt can like cry on command, and you have to do a cut take uh-huh. to do the one tear right, effect. Right. And I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Emily Blunt. I yeah, mean, she's honestly, awesome in this. you know, between uh, you know, live die repeat, edge of tomorrow, and and I mean, and, and Looper. Like, I mean, yeah. she's just. I'm such a huge fan of hers. Um. But yeah, she's she's incredible, and I think the the child actor, well, the girl actor I like, the boy actor not Apparently, so much. Like the uh, the girl actress is in that Amazon yeah. movie Wonderstruck. And she's actually um, deaf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but and again, I don't want to feel like we're crapping on the movie. I mean, and I think I liked crap. it more than yeah, you, you did. Clearly liked yeah. it more than I did. Um, but expectations are important. Too. Yeah. It so really what? Is. All right. All right. The last shot of the movie, what did people in your audience do? Um, 
I'm struggling to remember what the last shot is, uh, actually. When she's looking at the Oh, screens. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just did nothing. Stayed quiet. There was no, there was no nope. reaction. No. The crowd I saw I bet it, went, oh. The crowd I yeah. saw it and started laughing. Oh, really? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that, that that was. And for a movie that's that short. Yeah. Like, come on. Just don't do that. Um, that you was know. the crowd I saw the witch with. Yeah. yeah. They really did start laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I, I think that it was, I agree that it was out of place. Yeah. That was, um, that particular thing. Um, and it's funny because, like, no, I remember now. It, it, somebody, and it's actually circle back to Unsane. Like, I've been listening to all these reviews and people talked about the last shot of Unsane, and I can't remember what the last shot was. So, you guys have to tell me off, yeah. off screen if you remember because I cannot remember what the last shot of Unsane was. Um, um, it's her, she thinks she's gonna, she's going to go towards the guy with the guy the she knife. thinks is a stalker. Okay. And then it turns out not to be. So then she, like, Drops the knife and oh, walks away. Oh, I yeah. gotcha. That's yeah. it. That that's right. Okay, I gotcha now. Okay, so and and it, I guess is that it's supposed to be stupid. that like maybe the whole thing was in her head? Like, is that what it's no, trying to do? That she like, maybe really was crazy. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. Okay, yeah, all right. Anyway, um, so uh, but but yeah, I would definitely say uh, I liked a Quiet Place more than you did. I really have to rewatch it to give a full opinion. I mean, I I imagine how cool it would have been to have seen that movie in like a completely silent theater. And then just like, just really, really quietly been able to have that and have those jump scares really affect me, um, in the way that I think they're intended to. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think it's very well made. Um, but I, I would not, I, it's Did not like a modern class ad for this that they're running. No, it's them. So. It's one of those night vision things where no. they're filming the audience. No, the audience no is that how they're going out? Uh, they're trying to do that with it. And like, to me, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, this is me being jaded. I didn't. None of the jump scares got me. There's no, one, no, no, no. There's one scene in this movie that totally made me flinch. There was parts where it was like, "Hey, here's a really loud sound and it has, suddenly," uh, and it made I'll me jump. It without saying, the the one scene in this movie that made me go, "Ah!" involves a stairway. Yes, agreed. Me too. Okay. Me too. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Most visceral reaction. Period. And for a you know a couple minutes after, as that continues. Yeah. Um. You know. But yeah. Anyway. You know. Again. I. I think I liked it more than you. Uh, I would say go see it. But and I will reiterate the advice yeah, that I gave earlier. Like. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it a little lower, but also I feel like they're trying to hype it up super yeah. high. The lower your bar is, the more exactly. Like oh, because that's what's going to happen is that people are going to say it's the scariest movie ever made, and your people no. that wasn't scary, whatever, you know. And it's like realistically, it's not that that scary. It's competently made, but seriously, take my advice here. Like, wait. I, I mean, if you want to see it in the theater, yeah. Like, wait till it's been out for two to three weeks. Go at ten p.m. Yeah. on a Wednesday. The fact that people are still having that kind of uh debate about like the scariest movie yeah. like because no yeah. i mean i really do see it and i right. know it's part of an advertising ploy but it's also like hitting a point still where people are just like you know getting like oh it's so scary for this one i mean i just like i was trying to allude to earlier and as we've talked about on the podcast that my uh lower expectations <laughs> just continue yeah like consistently through most mainstream release movies i just like, there are certain things, like, I still have high hopes for pretty much everything A24 does, but, like, most other studios, entities, I just am like, you know, and that, and the, the, the boon of that is being able to say, like, hey, I enjoyed that. That was a really good popcorn movie. Or I had fun. And having fun is great. It should be what part of the movies are about. It sure. doesn't have to be, you know, all deep and perfect or whatever. It's got to be, 
um just enjoyable yeah i mean i feel like this movie should have been longer and maybe if it had a slightly different ending it might have been better but i think for a first time filmmaker it was pretty solid and the concept was mm-hmm. good yeah i i it, to me, I do think it's interesting how these comedians are the people who are finding new <laughs> ways to like right. uh, express unique takes on horror. Yeah. But I don't think this is like as well. To me, this sounds like more like a British horror movie, like the old timey kind like, of style. Honestly, it's kind of like like uh, like twenty eight days later ish. Yeah, in a way, but not that dour. Well. I just think that it's also not like as kinetic at yeah, all, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's, it's a much more like still and staid yeah. film than that. And I do think he's trying to like go for like these really quiet, beautiful moments in yeah, the film yeah, yeah. quite a lot. Which by the way is another one I, I had rewatched a while back, but man, 28 weeks later is fucking intense. Like uh-huh. so brutal, so much yeah. more than I remember it. Cause like I said, fantastic, fantastic yeah, sequel. Absolutely. It is excellent. It's one of those ones. That, I mean, I really feel like nobody talks about it all anymore. No. It's got, it's got a fair amount. I mean, I hear it come up a lot. It's just well, like yeah, one yeah. of I mean, those, but I also think it's better almost, than anyone remembers it. You yeah. Know? Well, and those do come up in discussion. And I do think, especially in horror sequels, more and more people are giving, um, do uh credit to certain ones and i don't just mean like the season of the witch kind of that's halloween three not the uh romero of course (laughs) since that just got a re-release too yeah um but uh yeah i feel that there's a little bit more yeah uh anything else good victor uh let me see like like clear at least i've been like annotating the stuff i've been watching isla dogs (laughs) talked about that um I watched this documentary called Mask. It's about um, Charles Mask Lewis, the guy who founded the Tap Out clothing line. Um, it's interesting because it's like more along the lines of how this guy, this grassroots guy, by being so enthusiastic about mixed martial arts, helped UFC kind of become what it is today. Um, I, which I find really interesting because when UFC got uh, got sold not that long ago like they when this guy died they put his name on all the octagon so he would be and then once he got sold they took down all that stuff which isn't really touched on here like and then a lot of the negative stuff that happened once he died like the fact that you know there was a lot of you know issues with his lack of a will when he died and how like the mismanagement because of this like the county where he lived in took control of the company which is super irregular and because of that, it, they were able to sell it to this company that later sold it to the WWE for almost nothing. I, I thought that was all going to be in here. And it's basically like the guy who uh, founded their films division, Tap Out Films, uh-huh. basically just had been working on like this documentary for a while after he died and then uses a lot of old footage. So it's not as good as it could be, but it's interesting. It's going to be on Netflix in the fall, so I wouldn't go out of my way to see it now. It's like, oh, okay. I feel like watching a random documentary. I'll watch that. Yeah, the background is actually way more interesting. Yeah, I, I was than... really hoping all of that would be in there, but it ended up not being the case. You know, um, there I'm you go. back. You're back. Um, what else did I see? Oh, I saw this movie called uh, Imitation Girl. 
which is playing at the... Um, you were telling me about that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing at the um, International Horror Sci-Fi Film Festival, I think, either this weekend or next weekend. It's two weeks long now, so I don't remember. I'm sure it's up on their website. You can mm-hmm. find it. Google. Let me Google that for you. But uh, it has Lauren Ashley Carter, who's in a ton of indie horror movies. She's in Darling. She's Darling yeah. and Darling. She's Jug Face and Jug Face. Jug Face? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jug Face is great. Yeah. But um, basically, this movie is like, uh, it, it, it's sort of like the little the opening sequence of Men in Black 2, you know, when like an alien thing lands and it takes the form of the first thing it finds. So it's this meteorite and it's like this sentient goo and it lands on this porn magazine <laughs> and it takes the form of the porn girl on the cover. And then the rest of the movie is this character who's called Imitation kind of trying to learn what it is to be human gotcha but it's really interesting because the first people she meets are like iranian immigrants so all the scenes she has with them all of that is in persian is in persian oh Oh, cool farsi farsi yeah Yeah, farsi yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's really interesting like and then the kind of cuts between that and the life of the real girl she's based on who's like this down on her luck porn porn actress who's like selling coke on the side to try to really get on by and then she runs into this uh uh conservatory instructor who's played by Catherine mary stewart from night of the comet and the last starfighter hey yeah and the apple don't forget in the apple and uh basically she's you know like oh well you know your father was a great piano teacher i know you were a great like piano prodigy when you're a kid we're doing auditions for the conservatory so she's she has this chance to turn her life around and it's kind of leading up to her, like her trying to turn her life around versus this other version of her that's learning what life is. It's so it's like, it's weird in my review of it on the website. I said, it's kind of like a more optimistic version of under the skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that minus kind of the murdering. (laughs) And I, I did say like, this is a really good movie. And I think if annihilation had not come out this year, a lot more people would be talking about this because it has a very similar ending. Hmm. Okay. Like that. Like the visual effects are even similar, so it's like kind of trippy. Awesome. So this is only at the festival, right? No, now. it's also on Voodoo and iTunes. Cool. So that's how I saw it. Um, the other thing I saw that I really, really like, and it's so good, is this new Netflix documentary series called Wild Wild Country. Okay. It's six and a half hours long. I've watched it twice. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's all about, and it's uh, it's produced uh, by the Duplass brothers. Oh, I love the Duplass brothers. Yeah, and it's all about uh, this cult in the. <gasps> I love cults. Yeah, it's about it's a real life story about this cult in Portland, Oregon, who are called the Rajneesh, and it's all about yo the poisoning. Bag- yeah, the Bhagwan yeah. Sri Rajneesh and how they took over this entire Their town, town in Oregon. And it talks to like everybody involved in this, and it's like it's like it could be a fucking movie. And it's weird because like when I'm watching this, I'm like, why does this seem so fucking familiar? And then I remembered one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons, The Joy of Sect, all about the Movementarians. The Movementarians are totally based on the Rajneesh cult. Wow, down to the fact that like the leader drives the Rolls Royce and like. Homer's a favorite because he gets splashed on with mud. Right. Yeah. And it talks to his followers who were totally like that. Like, the leader looked at me. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. It was an absolutely uh, – I read the book, a book on it when I was in junior high or high school. It, it's one of the most fascinating. Like, un, It's funny for how much people talk about like Jonestown or Heaven's Gate. Yeah. It, it's funny. I didn't know that. I hadn't heard it or I must have missed it. Surprising in the true crime circles yeah. I run in. But, yeah, the um, – yeah, oh yeah, I'm no, you find excited. out so much cool stuff, like the fact that, um, you know, the, the congressman who went to Jonestown, Paul, uh, or Ryan, uh, Leo Ryan, Leo Ryan, who mm-hmm. got, sh- you know, shot and, or he got killed in Jonestown, his daughter, after his death, ends up in this cult and she's one of their spokespeople. Really? Yeah. And then the big thing about it is, it, uh, one of the people, basically, the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, like he takes this oath of silence, so his like secretary runs everything. Who's this chick named Ma Anand uh, Sheila, and she's like totally this like weird antihero. Like I was reading reviews of it after I read, it. it's like you know, like this could they could t- totally have done like a TV version of this. It could have been like the cult version of Breaking Bad with her as the lead because <laughs> she's totally non repentant about all the shit they have to do, like including the fact that like. They staged the largest bioterror attack in United States history. They did. It's just it's stuff you don't hear about too often. It's just I can't recommend this thing enough. I think it's so fucking awesome. I'll check and it out do for sure. Such a good job. And it's one of those things. It's not like the OJ documentary from two years ago. Like it, it's kind of like the Jinx, you know, oh, okay. where it just flies by. Like oh fuck, like I. I don't know. That. I love that OJ documentary. Yeah, as well, but, but yeah. this is like everybody's mm-hmm. really interesting in it. And it, one of the guys in this movie that talks about his his lawyer when he was in Oregon, this guy named um, uh, Swami Previn, and I sort of got like an anecdote to this. You should need to see this too. He totally looks like an old version of Adam. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, holy fuck! That guy looks like Adam if oh, he was great. like old. Right? Yeah. Right. He's you know. Not uh, the young strapping Goals, Adam, Adam, how he Goals. will look exactly. Let's yeah. uh, look look at that picture and see what you will look like in another fifty <laughs> years. But yeah, that those are pr- that's pretty much everything I watched. I think aside from not everything, Ready bro. Player one, bro. Sorry, we don't have our Spotify Exactly. Insert insert you know random 80 song here pretty much all right let's talk about this thing ready player one (laughs) which is based on literally one of the worst books i've ever read literally literally i cannot like stress enough how much i hate this book guys it's terrible and if you're one of the people that's like i don't know i kind of liked it you're just like scientifically incorrect yeah i'm sorry and if that offends you it's okay you'll understand one day you're just wrong yeah. It's a bad book. It's a bad book. Any book that's like essentially 90% of it is a guy mansplaining pop culture <laughs> references to you. Have you seen the thing of the girl, like the chick version? Yes. It's so good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So Steven Spielberg, uh, uh, along with the writer of the book, uh, Ernest Klein and Zach Penn made an adaptation of it and say it's a loose adaptation. Yes. Is a new definition for the word loose. Yeah. Basically yeah. as the characters and the bones of the still structure. closer than the Annihilation book was to the Annihilation. Yeah. Movie. But yeah, the, this is so much better. Right. On so many levels than that crappy 
crappy book was. Yeah, I agree. And and there are definitely parts of the film that I do not like, but they're like all from the book. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, like there's all these parts that I'm like, gosh, this movie would have been better without this bullshit. And it's like all the stuff that you know is from the book. Um, so I don't know. I mean, should we, you know, because, you know, spoilers, like, I mean, it doesn't like really matter. I, I don't think there, yeah. I don't really think there is any spoilers in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if you haven't watched the trailer, maybe, but I mean, it gives away everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the most, the most rudimentary synopsis gives away everything. Right. It's yeah. as simple as saying, you know, um, what I mean is, is the challenge, you know, the whole thing is in there. Which like, is totally different in this, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, oh, no, in the I meant book, just, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the movie. I, I don't, I've <laughs> oh, never yeah, read yeah. the book. I'm not going well, to. So, so do you know that in the book, one of the challenges is that they have to act out all of war games? the actual film war games yeah. line by line. And they get dinged points if they don't like say the lines with the same inflection. Right. That's one of the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So I with that said, I, I'm I would, shaking my I, head. I would say there's one thing Let's not talk about that middle segment that involves the movie. I've seen a bunch of websites. I know, but let's not be one of those because if there are anybody that hasn't seen it, I will say this. I did not know that that was in the film. Um, and I just think that that would be a nice thing to keep for somebody if they haven't seen it because that, that was a wonderful surprise for me. Yeah. I loved, I loved Yeah, I'll the fact agree that with that because I, I, it was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. So I'll leave it be too because I don't like spoilers, but the, um, I mean, the basic plot of the movie, the outline, I mean, is as generic as it comes. There's sure. really nothing yeah, to Willy, spoil. There's in the basic outline is a Willy Wonka meets Steve Jobs-ish billionaire who creates this massive VR thing that everyone in the world uses, dies with no will, but he leaves an Easter egg game where if some kid finds his uh, Easter egg or golden ticket, they get to uh, inherit the massive VR thing that controls the world. It's also economy. very Who Framed Roger Rabbit when you put it yeah. that way. Yeah. It's true. Oh, it is. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine. It's like, this is like Kufrin Roger Rabbit for a whole new generation. And it totally is. Like, Marvin Acme is the exact same yeah. character as um, James Halliday. Well, here's what I will say. And, this and, is... it's a, and he, they, you do get to own this whole right. you know, Toontown is the same thing as the yeah. Oasis. I would say absolutely on a surface level, you're 100% right. But here is where I definitely think, and I don't know who to credit for this. I'm definitely not crediting Ernest Cline for yeah. it. Um, but what they managed to do is, you know, and, and again, I, I think that this, I mean, maybe this was Spielberg's influence, but the way that they really portrayed the idea of Halliday being this really kind of a broken and hollow man who was not able to be saved by the thing that he created. You know, he created I, this thing to try to make him not be lonely and yeah. it didn't help. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's this incredible kind of read on it, which is just not really there in the book. No, it's basically like a take on Willy Wonka. Right. Yes. How he creates agreed. his chocolate factory which I and also, all he has is the Oompa Loompas, but he's totally lonely. Which I rewatched yeah. recently and man, does it hold up as good it as it It does hold was. up. It's right. really it is absolutely good. one of the most perfect movies in that. The and in fact, it underscores how bad the remake is by making it all exactly. about daddy issues. So it's funny. I was actually just today um, Did talking. Did Wes Anderson direct? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, Tim Burton right. did. Yeah, exactly. So I was just <laughs> talking to a friend of mine earlier today about this, and he went to go see Ready Player One with his young son, who is probably like six years old or yeah. something like that. And um, and he was talking, and his son loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. Favorite movie forever 
for all time, right? And he was talking about, and he was like, he said, you know, he had this experience because he tried to show him, um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, or sorry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not, not the other one. Uh, so, so he tried to show him Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and his son just wouldn't get into it because it was too dated. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, you know, and he was like bummed out by that, but he loved having that experience with his son of watching Ready Player One. And then he said he had this realization that this is, going to be his son's movie that he's going to take his kids to yeah. or want to show them, you know, and, and it's like, it's his generation's Willy Wonka. And, uh, you know, <laughs> in which case I said to him, yeah, and then your kids won't want to watch it because it'll be too dated. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the cycle, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're like, oh, this movie looks old and, you know, the CGI is terrible. I don't want to yeah. watch this for the same reason. Nobody wants to watch uh, Willy Wonka. But no, you're right. That is there in Willy Wonka. I just think that it's really well done. And, and I guess with the whole nature of rather than taking the, um, you know, because in the book, how it's about knowing Halliday and like all the things he's obsessed with. Yeah. In the film, it's about knowing Halliday and what kind of a man he was. Yeah. Um, you know, and I really loved that aspect, which of it. is really interesting because there's a very Spielberg thing they do with this movie that I, it's not so subtle, it goes over your head, but it's there, and it's not in the book, and I'm really shocked I haven't really seen any think pieces about it. It's when Parzival asks Halliday's avatar at the end, mm-hmm. what are you? Right. And Halliday is like, thanks for playing my game, and doesn't... It's very much right. a ghost in the machine thing, yeah. where yeah. it's like, is this Halliday's spirit living on in the Oasis? Yeah. Which is not in the book. At all. But it works because of how Mark Rylance plays the character. And Mark Rylance. I mean, you know, I just can't ever say enough great things about how I just love Mark Rylance. He's so good in everything he's in. Um, And, you know, such a great collaborator with Steven Spielberg. Which is weird, too, because, like, I realize when I see him in things, he's just like a chameleon. Like, the Mm -hmm. last thing I saw him in was Dunkirk, where he's one of the the people who's driving their boats. And I'm like that's that guy from Dunkirk. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, he, he's just very good at like playing it totally. And and he's also tremendous as the BFG and the BFG, which I didn't see. I just, he, he is very, very good. I, 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 it is a great movie. I think it's one of those ones that people down the line will be like, wow, this was much, much better than I expected and yeah. so much more underrated. Than, Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm not here to talk about it as like a perfect movie or anything. No, no, just I remember ones, it was like one of Josh's Absolutely. favorite movies. Yeah, it just is one of those ones that they just, it kind of, you know, just kind of got railroaded by uh, everybody. It got, it, and it they, they didn't even put just, Spielberg's name yeah. on the posters yeah. um, because that's how little his name means anything anymore, apparently, unless you're talking about prestige films like Bridge of Spies or something like that. Um, you know, but yeah. I mean, oh, it, I totally forgot he did Bridge of yeah, Spies. Yeah, you know, well, that's that's pretty much where most people saw Mark I think that was Rylance the last for the first time. One I- saw right? and in fact the... that's what mark rylance won an academy award for was yeah Bridge of Spies. well i think all those guys now i think we talked about that a bit ago but like robert zemeckis ron howard it's now really hard for me to think of the chronology of their films mm-hmm. in the last 10 15 years like well, i would have to look it up ron howard he hasn't really made a ton of movies the last 10 well, no years. he talked about the what the angels yeah. and demons one yeah. and that's where we yeah he has done more than you realize but it's hard it's just to actually remember yeah and part of it is what josh is saying is it used to be a marquee. That was yeah. the, it's Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Well, and, and now it's like Steven it's Spielberg not... like has a very high turn. Like he can make he he's one of the few guys who does multiple movies a year. 
Well, yeah. What he'll usually do, I find, is like he'll take a year off and then he'll do two in one year. Yeah. You know? I mean, because um, the post only came out a few months ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, he does that a lot. He does his, um, you know, he'll do like his genre film and then his prestige like movie. an actor like yeah. yeah one for them one for yeah. me kind of thing yeah. right um you know i i found that i was a lot more um forgiving uh, in ready player one of all of the references and i realized that it's just the nature of because what film does you know it's like when you're watching you it, you don't have to describe it right yeah. so if you see all these people and it's like oh look there's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and oh look, there's the you know the Halo yeah. guys. And then you don't have the persistent narration, right? And I just thought about that while I was watching it, um, and I was like, could you imagine this? Well, I can't imagine because I, you know, the book. But but it's like you know, if, if it was the book, it would be, and they all ran at each other. The Halo characters, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Leonardo, yeah. as well as you know, and it was like they would just he would just go to an entire page of listing all these I characters. Have, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the book here just because it's one of those things that I couldn't get past in the book. Mm-hmm. The plot device of Ready Player One is that Pars or the Wade or Wade Watts Wade Watts is famous for winning this contest, so he writes a book detailing the history of his life. So Ready Player One is basically his biography. <laughs> He's writing a biography in a time when no one reads books. Right? Who would read this fucking biography? Nobody, yeah. He talks about how in the book. He has a TV channel he curates, even though everyone has every book in the right. every movie in the world. Why would you watch TV? Yeah, and he doesn't get as good of ratings as Artemis does. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's just one of those things Ugh. I couldn't get past. It's terrible. Anyway, so but it's none of it. It's in the movie. Speaking which of is awesome. Artemis, so in so there are some things that the film is like it's ridiculous. Um, and so in the book, Artemis is like. A little thick. Yeah, she's curvy. And she has a very, like, I guess, pronounced birthmark on her face. Okay? Yeah, which is like nothing in this. Right. Yeah, which, I mean, even that is like, you know, like, whatever. She's, she it's not like she's, with makeup. she's not <laughs> like, she, even in the book, she's not like, you know, a, a morbidly obese. No. She's just curvy. Um, and so, you know, Less there's bleak. this whole thing, right, exactly. And it, but there's this whole thing of like, well, my avatar doesn't look the way I really look and you might not like me and all that kind of stuff in the movie like she's gorgeous yeah. so like when you have like i mean whatever like fine she's no, not no, no, she's I not a 10 but like i don't like, mean it like that right, i meant right, that right. i do think you're right as to looking that she obviously is like most people are in an online persona like right. i'm not exactly what you think i am i do think she wasn't dropped at gorgeous i think she went for more of the they went for the kind of Kristen stewart yeah. every yeah. girl kind of look she's which is still low. like Gorgeous, Which is movie right? ugly. Right, exactly. Movie ugly, exactly. But but right. it's like the whole idea of you Put know that in the review, please. Somewhere <laughs> movie ugly. So I had uh it, it was funny because like as we were watching it, like I was joking with my buddy, and it was like, you know, as as it's like they showed her, and I was like, Oh my god, she's hideous. Oh god, go, let's go back to the, the Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at you, but I'm trying not to throw up at the same yeah, time. Like you know, tracks. it's like, give me a freaking break, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. It's like, and, and so that part, I think that they should have just left that part out. You know, like the whole thing of like, well, you might not like me in the real world because come on. Yeah. It's, you know, 
it, well, it's I think there was, for a plot point. Right. And I think it was necessary because even in this era because of the, she the comes Oasis. To ex- well, she yeah. comes to accept herself because at the end she tweaks her uh, avatar to have a pixel version of her birth. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, at the end. Wow. Yeah, she has like a pixel. It's like even like pixel edges. I'm like, why Why is it pixel <laughs> edges when no- nothing else is pixel right. edges? Right. You can read Victor's BuzzFeed article. <laughs> 15 things you totally didn't catch. Oh my god. So I read an article like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, and it's... Ex- like, oh, you must have missed this, right? And it's a reference to blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, did you notice there was a chest burster? It's when Artemis is dis- is disguised is as an Goro. orc. Why oh, is Goro? It's it's Goro. The person didn't oh, know that was Goro. Wow. Oh, shit. Fail. I was like, yeah. Fail. Now I sound like an angry commenter down yeah, below. Like, it's Goro. Hey, Hold on. It's fucking Goro, man. <laughs> yeah. I Jesus think, Christ. Uh, he's the main villain in a very popular 90s movie and series of video games. Yes. So. Yes. I think you're all right. I also got so into no. the BuzzFeed intensity that, <laughs> that I just ripped my armature off. It's so okay. That's I apologize. almost like how Ernest Klein would have all said right, it to Victor. Let me pause it for a second so you can get it. No, back. it's okay. I got it, dude. All right, all right. Yep, we're yeah. good. It's, you're just hardcore that way. So, But it, it's funny because it's like you said it the way that Ernest Klein would have said it in the book, you know, which is like Goro, who was a character from a popular film as yeah. well as video game series in the 1990s called that Mortal re- Kombat. The <laughs> reviewer hung his head in shame as the crowds cheered. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then also another thing that I take issue with, um, you know, while we're just picking, a little picking at it, is the ending, um, which is from the book, also piece of shit, yeah. which is like, Oh, so I got a girlfriend now. Life is good. I don't I'm, need video I games. I don't need now. video games. Guys, real life is awesome. Don't be in video games all the time. I'm going to close down the Oasis Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, hey, sorry if like you're disabled and this is the way that you get enjoyment out of life or sorry if your life is terrible and this is the way you cope with things. I have a girlfriend. I'm rich now. So, yeah. deal with it, suckers. You know, like that is just such a bullshit like way of doing it. It's like and and also somebody on a message board brought this up as well. It's like and also like the reason that the world is so terrible is because of these corporations that have basically destroyed the world and then now that you own the corporation, you're going to take away people's respite from that world, you know? Um and it's like and and again, like I don't know if the end of the book talks about things that he does, but the end of the movie certainly doesn't talk about like a no, whole lot of No, the end of, of the book is very abrupt. It's like Right. I found her in the middle of the maze and I never went back to the Oasis again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I mean, tell me, tell me you're going to build like, you know, housing for the poor, you know, tell me you're going to do all this well, kind no, of stuff. Well, no, here's the other thing. The end of the movie is him in the basement from the, the novel, you uh-huh. know, like the room with arcade machines and everything, but in the real world. Right. The only way he could afford that is because he's rich in the real world. Right. Else he'd have to go to the Oasis to get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now, so with all that stuff said, um, I, I will say that I am super glad that you, uh, recommended to me because I was just going to go see this in a regular theater and use my movie pass. Yeah. And you recommended to me to, to see it in IMAX and to see it in 3D. And I did do that. Um, you know, I ponied up actual cash money, not movie pass money, which is, 
it hurt to I do. Also had to pay. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I'm really glad I did because really the way I've been telling people, you know, people ask me, yeah, should I go see this movie or not? I'm like, look, it's like, it's like a Disneyland ride. You yeah. Know? I mean, it really is. This is, this is the closest thing I think we've had to just something I can describe as an amusement park ride in a film. Yeah. And I think seeing it on IMAX, you can like try to spot things much easier yeah. than. You know, squinting at a movie. <laughs> Spot the references easier in IMAX. I saw, I saw IMAX. it in 3D, in real 3D. At just the, uh-huh. the, but it was the, the you know, auditorium theater. So I mean, the screen was the largest. I mean, you know, it, it, there's so much going on. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure this will be the screen cap city of <laughs> all things. You know, like I said, all oh, the stupid. Oh, it's already happening. I know it's yeah. already there. I just don't want to acknowledge it. But they literally, it, it's you know, everybody. You know, like I said, I'm gonna make a whole YouTube channel about that, and it's like great, <laughs> so I can take a respite from your fucking. Funko Pop channel that you got going on, on your other side. I was actually shocked there weren't Funko Pops in this. Like I was expecting I somebody know, right? to have like a giant Funko Pop monster or yeah. something. Yeah. No, because it had to be. They kept it because it was his vision and all that. They put everything was as it was generally as vintage as possible. Oh no! Until no, I meant I meant that there was things that were in it that were not. But what the I'm Arkham say, Knight is in that in this movie. No, I didn't so mean is Arkham Harley Quinn. Yeah. I yeah, it's it true. Like it was that. I didn't Queen. mean it like that in that yeah. respect because you also talk about people's avatars that they mm-hmm. can decide. Yeah. But what I meant with characters and stuff is is that even though it wasn't all of his vision, yeah. what I meant is, is that you start getting like the people who are like, you know, Halo's 15, 16 years old right. now. Yeah. It's like, I grew up with Halo. Halo is my life. Yeah. You know, it's like, if that's your thing, that's cool. But I meant that that, and it is a pop culture, like major moment in gaming and stuff. But it's just one of those things where you're just like, it, it's a classic. Like, what are you trying to? Is it just pop culture overload? Because originally, I will say this movie was sold like it was just the eighties and like yeah. it was very that. And then it's now like it's it's the entire well kitchen it's the sink. 80s. Well, yeah, it's the eighties predominantly. Like, yeah, it is. Or like, there's a scene in the movie where he's trying on virtual outfits and he's like Prince for a second, right? Yeah, purple rain. right. And the mirror he's in front of even has a vote for Mayor Goldie for Hill Valley. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad you talked. Yeah, because that, that was one of the Easter eggs. I was like, oh, that's got to get Goldie Wilson. That's yeah. a pretty awesome thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but one thing that drove me crazy was when, um, <laughs> so they're in the dance scene and they talk about, and, and so he starts to do the staying alive, you yeah. know, and she's like, ooh, old school. And it's like, it's 20 fucking 60. Like, everything, everything is, old, is school. old school. What are you talking about? Like, that part, like, I almost, like, l- just exclaimed no, out loud. No, the one I had before that was when he's wearing, like, the Buckaroo Bonsai uh-huh. outfit. And she's like, oh, Buckaroo Bonsai. I love Buckaroo Bonsai. I really like Buckaroo Bonsai. If I saw somebody walk up dressed like Buckaroo Bonsai with uh-huh. a gray uh trench coat and like a skinny tie right. i would just think they were like flock of seagulls or something sure you know right. it's i mean not he did have the button you know it, he had the button yeah he has team bonsai right. but when she, he doesn't have in the movie right right yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's totally. just one of those things so like i said that was my fear was this was just gonna be because that was my thing like i remember we talked about with uh with adam on the pixels you know mm-hmm. and go, you know yeah to a point i had fun in it it's not like you know, it's I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It's just one of those things where I go, but I I have an issue with nostalgia overload, and yeah. obviously this film is the apex of it. 
but then I actually enjoyed it. Like, I didn't love this movie. I didn't uh, absolutely, like, gush over it, but I had fun. And so that ups its value yeah. for me a right. lot more than a lot of other factors. It's like, if I walk in and had low expectations and was like, oh, this is just going to be this. And then when I saw that it was two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't I was like, seem that long. It doesn't though. seem it's that long. It's paced well. It's paced pretty well. You know, and that they did save the whole epic battle set piece was good. That they just filtered things in here and there. But that was my least favorite part of the film. No, no, no. But I meant that they didn't go overboard before then. Because if they had, I feel like I would have been like, now they're like force feeding. Like this is cinematic faux bras. had one of the scenes I audibly groaned at, like forced pop culture reference. Which was? The Iron Giant Uh doing T2 ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I will say, and I don't give a shit because it's in the fucking trailer. If you missed it, fuck you. Chucky was my second favorite part, yeah. and that was only, actually done really well. And the only fuck in the whole movie because so, you have to have one fuck to now. Escape are you PG. guys familiar with that that YouTube video of the little girl? So like Austin showed this to me, and um, there's like this there's this YouTube video of this little British girl, and she's like going Chucky fucking chucky and so he's like is that a reference to that youtube video like it might be it very well might be i don't know i don't think anything could ever be i also like the mad ball being a bomb yeah the mad ball was great i like the holy hand grenade that was pretty awesome i think the whole they had to have a monty Python. yeah well and it's also a worms reference too which is pretty rad it, whoever the i'm so sorry i forget his name the dude not his character but the actor who portrayed the um uh the bounty hunter kind of mm-hmm. dude. Oh, um, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller yeah. doing the full on nothing character in the book, so but that's it's amazing in this plot. movie. I laughed so hard. It was done um, really well. He, he did so the whole funny. like Warcraft level forty, yeah. yeah, kind of like dude, just so perfectly. He had done. all of his loot. Yeah, he's yeah, basically <laughs> a combination of several characters in the novel, and then they just gave him T.J. Miller's personality. But yeah, even just totally. his 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 avatar, his skin, just that classic like. Warhammer Space Marine look, yeah. Will, but that he's just like a fucking idiot. Like it just cracked me up. I will say the one easy, one of those lists I saw that was a really good, like an actual good Easter egg was the fact that the spell he cast to mm-hmm. make the orb go around the castle is one of the spells from uh, Excalibur, the movie. Oh, cool. So that's actually a cool Easter egg. Yeah. That's not something obvious. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think some of them were funny too. Like one that I noticed was, um, there's a character from the video game Battleborn in there, which I don't know if you're familiar with, Kirby, because mm-hmm. I know you're more of a gamer, but there, there's this game that came out called Battleborn about two years ago, and it was, like, promoted to be, like, one of these, like, new hot games, and then it came out, like, a month before um, Overwatch came out, oh. and Overwatch completely ate its lunch, and Battleborn became, like, this complete absolute failure about one of the biggest video game bombs of all time to the point that like they stopped all support of it they made it they basically started giving it away for free and then just trying to sell like um cosmetic things um and and basically making it a free-to-play game and even then nobody wanted it so they just completely took it offline and so it's this game that was like really pushed hard and was like a flop 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 and there's a character from battleborn in there because you know this movie's been worked on for two years yeah and so like (laughs) It's like that's hilarious because like no one is ever going to talk about Battleborn ever again. I do. I will say the character that seemed to get a ton of play was um, 
the tracer from Overwatch. Sure, sure. She was like all over this fucking yeah, thing, like yeah, at yeah. least three or four different times. And they were smart to do that because Overwatch is still very, very popular. Yeah. Um. I in fact, I could almost believe they upped her, you know, presence. Yeah. Like once they saw how popular. Well, Overwatch and speaking was. of pixels, I think that's why they actually downgrade. Like yeah. you can see a Pac Man and all these other, yeah. you know. But they, they, I'm glad they didn't just do like Warner Brothers games. I mean, like it has like sure. the Arkham Knight and Arkham Harley Quinn in there, but yeah. like Kratos is in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they, and some, you know, they kept more in the background, and that's a plus too yeah. because you don't want everything being Blanca has like a lot yeah. in the background role. Well, even the turtles, I expected yeah. to be way more out and mm-hmm. about like and it sure. was like yeah you can clearly see them you know it's them mm-hmm. but then it's not nearly and i do i do like the the shots flipping between the people in the vr yeah doing the moves was yeah. great like i yeah. actually love stuff like that i think it's it's funny like that's I mean, the one thing say... that i'll never change about virtual reality it's just still gonna look like a fucking idiot yeah doing I, it. I will like, say the first challenge where it's the race i like yeah. that everybody has iconic cars cause totally that's what yeah. probably really happen and one thing i i uh i will say this like you know when i think about the movie and i think about my experience watching it um that's the scene i think about and specifically in 3d and when they were like when he was underneath the race and you had king kong above and you had all the things that were raising up you know to basically be those things i thought that scene was so awesome in 3d and just that feeling of just having king kong kind of looming it's like it's a universal studio yeah yeah yeah, exactly um very much so and um and i I will uh, I, oh, I just wanted to say, oh, wait, like, oh, my funny—you know—the part, the parts that I laughed the most were that middle section, which I don't want to spoil. But I think that's specifically just because who we are and the kind of films that we like, and just like seeing that. And I really like just the just the one reaction of like, won't spoil anything, but uh, hey, little girls, <laughs> like you know, like not being scared at all by that, yeah. but just being like, hey, little girls, you know, it's just it kind of so reminded funny. me a little bit of um, uh, what's his name Th- in Thor Ragnarok. Uh-huh. Like, you know, he's so like him. The I'm sorry, the rock creature. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. He, totally. he's, The personality yeah. is really similar. Right. So that part, which I found, of course, I thought was, to me, was the funniest part of Ragnarok. I laughed right. so hard. And I will say that's Hi, one Doug. thing. New Doug. It's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of moment. One yeah. thing that I loved is that that is... I mean, I, let's just say that's the only time we're ever going to see anything by that director in 3D. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that was a pretty cool Well, we thing. were talking about this. The reason this was probably in 3D is because so much of the stuff was computer generated. Yeah. It was already native. Right, right. That's why I think that middle seat, a lot of people are like, oh, how much of that was original footage? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, almost none of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. No, no. I think that it was, it was just photorealistic CGI, yeah. which I really like because there's a lot of like you see a lot of um there's a lot of like demos out there of like here's how photorealistic we can get with cgi yeah. and i think that was such a cool way to use cgi yeah and i'm also glad that's the only one they did i just want to say yeah because not only would it have lessened the impact if they started doing like a uh, a stay tuned thing and start going yeah. through different shows well, in and the movies. Book, it, it's, Does it, it happens multiple? Uh, okay, times. see then I, it would have been right. Ruined and for and me. one thing I'll say, and again, you know, for for a smart audience member that maybe hasn't seen this movie, you might put this together. But I think there's an interesting commentary with that particular one because of the fact that it was something that was changed so much from a source material. Yeah, and this also was changed so much from a source material. Well, did you see the article? I think they were interviewing. Zach Penn, uh-huh. that that wasn't even their original choice for the movie. Really? 
that originally in the in the shooting draft it was supposed to be Blade Runner. Interesting. Yeah. But that's then why Warner Brothers yeah. told them no because right. they're making Blade Runner 2049. I think that's a smart choice. Yeah. I I think Blade Runner wouldn't have been as good of a choice because no. it's the movie is so like kind of colorful overload that I think if you would have done Blade Runner yeah. it wouldn't have been nearly as as effective as having that the like movie palette they change. chose is much yeah. more iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they also sure. chose I mean the the Oasis looks like Blade Runner as it right, is. Right, exactly. So it wouldn't have looked yeah. much it different. It would just would have been more color, you know, exactly. So I think having that palette change yeah. in the middle of the film was like something that was like a really cool Because in thing. the book, there's a big thing about how like the one of the puzzles, because all the puzzles in the movie are different than the puzzle in the book. They're not even remotely the same. Is uh, they ha- There's a Blade Runner puzzle. And he that's one of the points in the book is like, oh, Blade Runner is so ubiquitous that the Terrell Corporation is a default uh, uh, building you can use on creating your world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just overall, you know, there's there's many different things here. I, like I said, I never read the book. I doubt I ever will. But I feel, yeah, I don't plan on it. Don't do it. If anything, listen to the podcast, 372 pages, we'll never get back. Which I listened to. Yeah. Did you like it? Uh, It's all right. Yeah, I like it. It's definitely better than reading the book. Yeah. You know, I'll say that. I like how um, they hate all the same things I do about the book. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say it's not, it's certainly nothing revelatory, but it's um, as as a i would say as a proxy for actually reading that piece of well, shit yeah, and listening to it well yeah the main character like in in the movie is a totally different character than mm-hmm. i mean it's the same character in name only right you know he's not like you know there the book is like ranting like there's a whole chapter on why uh, if you believe in God, you're a moron right, like right. an entire chapter yeah. Yeah. there's an entire chapter about him uh buying a sex doll and using it as a proxy to fuck women in a cyber brothel. The thing is, is that it's not, the book is not just bad because it's terribly written and because it, um, it has all these really, really insufferable, uh, uh, uh references. It's bad because it's got really regressive what, thinking. What were those in two it. chapters called? The Neckbeard Chronicles? Chapter 19, which fuck? pretty much, it should be called the Neckbeard Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the second half of that chapter is all about him being too fat to fit into his Oasis suit. Right. The way, right. the way. Yeah. Oh, what about his custom fedora? Did that come with it? <laughs> Jesus yeah, no, he Christ, is he man. is tipping it, dude. No, yeah. no, you got to listen. Okay, he I, does I'm, say Milady. Milady. Oh, he oh, does. He, t- he gave her a courtly bow. A courtly. He literally says That's courtly bow, like courtly bow. So, like, I got okay. So here we go. Here's just some some quotes I have at the ready. Um, uh, it's a chick flick designed as a sword and sorcery picture. The only genre film with less balls is probably freaking Legend. Anyone who actually enjoys Lady Hawk is a bona fide USDA choice pussy one of them yeah another one at the end of the day and this is uh going off of what victor said at the end of the day i was still a virgin all alone in a dark room humping a lubed up robot oh and the sex doll robots they're called uber betties <laughs> and then another Poetry. one of my favorite quotes it's their own fault for not knowing all the schoolhouse rocks lyrics by heart it's yeah. so bad kirby 
It's so that bad. Is so, no, just the style of writing yeah, is so awful that I, know. I can't even stand it. It sounds like a HuffPost article. Like, seriously, from like the, the culture section, yeah. that's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Well, that's one thing I like about the podcast, 372 pages, whenever we get back, is that they actually have a, a fanfic or real fic section where they, they read them and, ah. and they're from future parts of the books they haven't read. And it's like they try and guess whether it's fan fiction or real or from the actual book. Wow. that's <laughs> I mean, that's really bad. I mean, I kind of got the feeling... Because I was like, man, this. Well, one of the big things about the movie too was I was like, this feels way more like a. I'm not gonna call it like a family film, but it's funny that you bring up the story about your buddy. Like, I'm like, this is pr- pretty all audiences. It's pretty like sure. I mean, yeah, there's a little some profanity, a it's little an bit, F-bomb, but yeah, but nothing, nothing like crazy. And and I was like, man, I bet you the book is completely like. Because I don't know how they could have written it without it's real edge lord, dude. It's yeah. real edge lord. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's 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 that dude who's waiting in line for the midnight release of the new video game at GameStop, yeah. and he's wearing yeah. a trench coat and a fedora and posing all the time. You know, it's that it's that. Fucking I actually guy. kind of originally when I heard about this thing, they were bringing it to life, and I read the synopsis. I was like, is this from that kid who wrote those Aragon books? Because oh, that's like the ultimate ripoff story Dude. of all time. Um, but it, but 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 seriously, this makes—I mean, it just makes Aragon look like goddamn literature. Oh, like it does the same thing with Dan Brown. It makes Dan it makes you yearn for Dan Brown's like a, a advanced level Jeez. of wit. Uh, it's terrible, I, and and Armada's even worse. I, um, I, I refuse to even get into that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna. I, I, that's that'll be my sign off on this one for Ray Player One. I mean, like, I feel like we can go on forever because yeah. there's so much to talk sure. about. But I just feel like, I mean, my main takeaway is, like I said, as we talked about previous movies, is that I I just go in with really like the most basic, like ah, it's gonna be okay or it's gonna be not the greatest or whatever. And I enjoyed this, I, like really enjoyed this way more than I thought I was going to. And I think that's a nice surprise. Like I, I feel like that's a that's probably the best benefit movie in that you know you kind of hope for more movies like that. Like every now and then that it's just you're just gonna have fun. And I, you know it's not just nostalgia because it's it's a basic story. It is what it is. You know it's it's nothing incredible or anything. But it's just like I said, yeah. There's nothing else to say. It's like I think that that's where a lot of critics have said I don't mm-hmm. like a movie, and I'm like because you look at it like. You know, what lasting value is it going to have? And I don't know what lasting value any movie is going to have. Like, I think there are, like, milestone films. But overall, I think most movies, with the glut of entertainment that exists, it's hard to. And it's kind of funny that that's what this movie is about, really, in one respect, is that that we are escapism through entertainment. And so it's like, yeah, so then that there's a universal nature. So I dug it for that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think... We're on the past two hour mark now, so All right. are we? All right, yeah. All right. Wrap this guy. So up. we're we're almost as long as Ready Player One. Almost, almost. plus the twenty minutes of previews and there the guy is. who fell asleep in my theater <laughs> with his three D glasses on. So oh there we go. my god, yeah, yeah. All right, so good. Wrap this up. Uh, join us next time, where I'm sure we'll have uh, some more reviews. Uh, I know what when when will our next outing be? There's some good stuff coming out soon. Is there? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know anything. We'll about anything we'll anymore. do our anticipation of events because we're like right before sun, like summer right now. Yeah. So that's the thing. So like, I, I think Infinity War is the big like yeah. uh, like tentpole blockbuster, and then everything else is kind of like 
So we're not that far off from that. Then so. yeah, Jurassic Park next doesn't one look should good. be like the 19. So yep. Oh, we, also, we we I forgot we didn't talk about. I, I just want to say when we did our most anticipated, we forgot to mention Incredibles two. So I'm super excited um, for that movie. I the one that happened uh, this week, the trailer dropped for was uh the new uh, John Cameron Mitchell movie, How oh. to Talk to Girls at Parties. It's really? based on a short story by Neil Gaiman. Has he done anything since Short Bus? No. Wow, it's been a long I time. I saw the, this exact same trailer two years ago when Neil Gaiman was here in Mesa. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm excited to see this movie. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. I wonder if they'll have to, you know, it's going to have too many Battleborn references that <laughs> they'll have to digitally remove. There you go. Any house. Any house. The real house. Any house. All right. So, till next time, guys. Remember, if you like what we're jiving about, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. You know, we're fun podcasts to listen to. But until next time, I'm Victor Moreno along with Kirby Nelson. It's fucking Chucky. And Joshua T. Rue. And the Angry Inch. So, until next time. <laughs> Chucky laughed.